This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 46, Top 5 Favorite X-Men Characters. The family. He's back and he's a girl. Alright, so welcome to the uh, Comic Shenanigans, episode 46. We're looking at our uh, top 5 favorite X-Men characters. Uh, although one proviso that we had is that we're not going to talk about Wolverine. Because we do have a previous episode that you can check our archive that we've already discussed Wolverine in the past. And we've gone over our me and my guests' uh, top five favorite uh, uh, storylines with Wolverine, so we decided we would put him aside, although we acknowledge that he's awesome, and we all like him very much. And the much. correct answer is, Wolverine is the best X-Men. So why bother I, talking about he it? He would not be number one on my list. I know, that's because you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, so I'm Adam Chapman, your host. I have with me in the studio today... Nathan Strzok. Amber Strzok. And Paul Scorez. Uh, and Paul, you're going to have to talk up a little bit more. Because... The and Paul Scorez. There we go. Every time that much better? Apparently, yeah. Nice. Apparently, you yeah. just need to sit right next to the microphone. We all just, need to sit really far away. Why is there a space away. between you and Adam? I don't understand. He doesn't want to be too close to me. In our studio. There all right. Go. Well, now I'm a little there. uncomfortable. No sound. Was Paul jumping on Adam's knee? <laughs> yeah. <it was. laughs> I think Adam is not pregnant with Paul's baby. Yep. This just happened. <laughs> and it's been confirmed on air. It can't be refuted now. Um, so we're going to, I guess, just up front, we're just going to quickly uh, divulge our top five lists. And then we're just going to kind of jump in and, and talk about the characters that we obviously adore and favorite storylines that they've been involved with, etc. Certain things about that character, why we like that character. So, Nate, why don't you start us off? What's your list? Uh, no order. So, because um, really, it was actually very difficult for me to come up even with this list. Even come up with because... just five? Yeah, coming up with just five is actually a really difficult list. because It's like Wolverine. <laughs> and then, like, where do you go from here? Anywhere. Okay, so um, Cyclops, okay, Iceman, yeah, Archangel, Psylocke, and Rogue. Okay, so three of the original five. Yeah, and then some also rands. Some what? I call them also rands, but they've been on the team long enough. Some very nineties characters who have not really been doing anything since the nineties. Yeah, that's well, yes. since their heyday, their biggest yeah. day. No, yeah, yeah that's, that's that's when ever, that's the iconic version of those two characters. I like Anne Rogue, which is very much the Jim Lee nineties version. I would yeah. agree. All right, Amber. I have to start with Beak and Lifeguard. No, that's not true. <laughs> I like that you at least. I like that you at least gave Lifeguard. <laughs> and the fish face. I think Beak. Beak. Oh my god! Beak, Hold on. character and, ever. And that, my angel was ever. actually the Latina version. <laughs> oh yeah. god! You did say Archangel. Yeah, I did say Archangel. Uh, no, I wanted to say Beak. I don't deserve. I don't think deserves to be in the bottom of anyone's list. Sorry. Sammy Sorry. the Fish Boy, yes, but not... <laughs> not Beak? No. Okay. He's garbage. He's talking garbage. about... He, he absolutely like, garbage. Okay, Exiles, he was good, though. No! I liked him <laughs> no, in Exiles. No, no. Stop Wait, ruining my Exiles with your now. crap. <laughs> the few times that Paul gets so really excited... So many better characters in Exiles than Beak. I, I still liked him, <laughs> though. No, Morph, a guy... Not Morph, a mimic. A guy who was a joke for the longest time. Yeah. Uh, Calvin Rankin superstar. was amazing in that Superstar. Yeah. Absolutely. He was a superstar. Yeah. Okay. Alright, so who is your real list, Amber? My real list. There's also a lot of 90s characters that haven't done anything in a while. Okay. Alas, apparently the 90s were better. Uh, Jean. Jean Grey. Jean Grey. Uh, well, I, I, <laughs> Jean Gold. Ju- Jubilation. The lesser known Jewish sister. <laughs> <laughs> I actually meant Jean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so. Okay, Jean Grey. Yes. Jubilee. Okay. Jubes. That's Jubes. She made them on the list. Good old Jubes. Yeah. They think she'd make it on the list. We cannot let her get through this list, can we? No. Yeah. Kitty Pride. Okay. Oh, yeah. Colossus. I thought about that for a while. Russia, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Colossus and Phantom X. 
Phantom, Phantom X. X. Go girl. Yes. Oh man. Yes. Phantom Le X is my only non-90s. <laughs> yeah, I guess wow. I guess he counts enough because he wasn't an X-Men member, but he's still he's, an X-Men he's character. Now he's now an X on his belt. Yeah. He's, he's very much in his X on his belt. That's <laughs> enough. Yeah. Which keywords does he have? I don't know. Hair clicks. I don't know what keywords he has yet. So we'll see. Remember. Probably just have like. He was introduced in X. He'll have like Weapon X. He was. New X-Men. He was. And X-Force, I guess. But he was only on. Okay, X Force is a team. Well, he teamed up with Cyclops no, he, in his introduction. Yeah, to go into Weapon Plus. No, that, he was introduced before that storyline. Yeah, I know, but that was the first main storyline where he actually. Yeah, was you're part of a team, though. I'm, I'm not, not before X Force. He's an X Men character. Yeah, and that is. is a stipulation. I'll, I'll allow it. Like, like if, you, if you were to say Paul Much Juggernaut, as you hate him. <laughs> I could give you. You'd have to give you Juggernaut. You can't because he was on, on Kenya as yeah. a member of the team. Yeah, yeah. Like Deadpool. Where, where do you put Deadpool? He's not an X Men. See? You're, See? You know what? Hold you know what? On. If he's your favorite X character, I would absolutely. But hold on, here's the thing. Deadpool, how many appearances has he actually made in an X Men titled book called X Men? Whereas you can de- has definitely X Men because well, I'm just saying because oh, Fan- he appeared in X Men. Phantom X has been in X Men, yeah, and that's he where was he was introduced. introduced. In X-Men. I can he's see it X-Men. more than Deadpool. Adam's allowing it. I'm staying with Phantom X. Yeah. Well, so so apparently, but you can't use Sabretooth now because Sabretooth is apparently an Iron Fist character. I'm not saying it's only strictly by where you're introduced, but in this case... Uh, and Wolverine is a Hulk character. And, and yeah. Maggot um, is a piece of garbage, so leave him there. Maggot is a tremendous ex He's number one on your list. I know. He's not, but he died in such a sad way. In my opinion, I would give you Deadpool. Because he's just so associated with everything X. And he's on X-Force. And if she can pick Phantom X, I'd give you Deadpool. I think Deadpool is important to the mythos of the X-Men. I would disagree with More that. so than in a different... Which universe do you pick for him, then? Put him in a universe. Captain America, Iron Man, Hulk, Thor... Okay, I would say... Okay, He's the X-verse. Daredevil. X-verse, but when Daredevil. you say X-Men in the universe, I say no. When you say yeah. X-verse, I the say X-verse yes. The X-verse as, as a mythos. Yeah. What's the difference? Because well, to me... X-Force, the, your X-Factor... Yeah. Except it's all... It's all in the X-Men yeah. corner I of the world. I said X-universe. No, you said X-Men universe. Yes, it's the universe of the X-Men. 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 It doesn't matter. X-Force and X-Factor are all the X-Men universe. I feel like there's different pockets in the X but, universe. Yeah, but it's, if you it's want to see the mutant sure. universe, then I'd be like, okay. Like you'd have well, to go that's like, so broad. But yeah. Yeah. Of course it's broad. The mutant universe is kind of the X universe. Is Dupe an X-Men character? Then? Dupe is an X-Men character, yes. He's in Wolverine and the X-Men now. Oh, and, he and he was in X-Force. Yeah. yeah. I don't count the And he was of in X-Men. Yes, from Polaris. With um, um, Milligan. Milligan. And I was, I was I'm putting all red and Milligan together into mall red. <laughs> it's like that can't be right. That's, that's kind of an amazing creator right there. Well, well, all right, so that was your now. If if we disallowed Phantom X, who would you slide on in his place? Oh, wait, we, what? If, if we disallowed, think of argument. No, we're not disallowing. No, uh, but if, if hypothetically he was out. If hypothetically, I'll let you th- you think about it. We'll go to my list and then we'll go to. Paul. Wait, wait, wait. What was your list before? It was Wolverine? We can't use that. Yeah, yeah. Wolverine is thrown away. Gene. Kitty Colossus, Jubilee, and Phantom X. Yeah, if you took a Phantom X, wouldn't it be? There's some whispering going on. No. Really? really? He whispered Scott, but it's not Scott. How is Rogue not on your list? I think she has a second bell. She doesn't really talk about her. No, I've never I, heard Amber talk about Rogue. She talks more about Remy. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. actually prefer Remy. I really Keiji. like Rogue, but when I had to, when it came down to ranking them, she was a contender. But she did not make the top contender five. Contender only. A contender. As they say in American Gladiators. Yeah. Dun, 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 For Gladiator fans. Dun, 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 dun. It's a great show. I don't care who anyone says. Dun, 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 dun. It's fun to watch. That almost sounds like Superman okay. right there. So you, yeah, exactly. You kind of went to John Williams there. All right, you think about it. Right. Uh, oh, Paul, what's your list? Oh, you're showing to me? Okay, cool. I'm going to jump right to you. All right. Uh, my top five are... <laughs> he wasn't ready. He had to get out of his phone. Wolverine first. 
Yes, yeah. but Wolverine disallowed. <clears throat> I'm going from five up to one. Okay. Uh, so Nightcrawler. Okay. Iceman. Yeah. Cable. And then one, two, go either way, Cyclops and Rogue. Okay. Now, Amber, you're smiling. Yeah, it would be Cable. Cable. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, so I'll go from, again, five. I'm surprised Cable doesn't boot out Jubilee. I forgot about Cable. Take out Jubilee and put in Cable. Really? Yeah. I I maintain my list. But the reason why I'm saying this is because I really want to hear you talk about Cable. (laughs) There's so much more funny stuff you could say about him. Paul's going to talk about him anyway. I feel like we're not going to talk about him. He'll probably do better than I would. (laughs) Cable didn't quite make it for me. She's got some good stuff. Uh, my number five was Iceman. Number four was kind of a, I I put two characters in, in place of one, but for good reason. Uh, Magneto slash Joseph. Very different Bull reasons, crap. but... It... <laughs> I need to say that. They've both been on the X-Men, and you get to pick one or the other. I can't pick I'm both. I'm not giving you Cable X-Men, either. Right? I'm not giving you Gene yeah. Madeline. Uh, they all have duplicates. Yeah, they, I guess they do. Yeah. yeah, but Joseph and Magneto are, like, barring one being more goody-goody, one being the, the villain, they're... Much like Gene and Madeline. They're very, very much the same person. Uh, I know, but I guess much a like point. a lot of the duplicates, much like Strife and Cable. Like, I'm sorry, you got to yeah. pick one. I'll go with Joseph then. Okay, you're a jerk. <laughs> Why am I a jerk? Because Joseph is not a better character than Magneto. I'm not saying he's a better this character. Is your, your list, this is your favorite he's list. I'm not saying he's a better you character. like things that are not as good. <laughs> he's not saying you he's... You like a lot of crap, it's true. Well, I guess we I can't know wait that. to talk about the evolution of Joseph over the, over the course of the years. <laughs> He's been devolved over the years, unfortunately. Uh, number three was Beast. Number uh, two was Banshee. And number one oh. was Cyclops. Number one is Cyclops. Yeah. Nice. A lot of Cyclops on the list. Well, three Cyclopses, three Icemans. Yeah. One Jubilee. There you go. <laughs> Four Jubilee. So, Nate, want to start with, I guess, your... Who do you want to start with? Well, let's now talk we've... about... You want to talk about Cyclops? Yeah, let's talk about Cyclops, because it was on, what, three of the four yes. lists? Yeah. And should have been on your Amber. Come on. I don't dislike him. He's close him. on her, I think. Maybe in top ten. Nah. Okay. All right, well, Nate, what would you say is like, <laughs> your favorite Cyclops story? I'd have to say Ages of Apocalypse, probably, when he got the... No. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually Adam, listening Adam for Jones a second. Head up. When you remember he got like the big X like laser beam eye thing? And it was, oh, like, I remember. His, like, was, yeah, oh. Uh, well, okay, one of the things... Oh, first... he became Apocalypse. Is that Apocalypse? Like, he became Psychopolis. Psych- pop- <laughs> Say it, I can't. Apocalypse. <laughs> oh my god. Psychopolis. Um, Let's stop making fun of Nate. I, I'd say... Whoa. I don't feel... Okay. Uh, certainly when, when they rebooted the X-Men, um, Jim Lee and Chris Claremont for uh, X-Men Genesis, or Mutant Genesis. Okay. Um, that was just an extremely iconic period for, uh, for, um, for Scott. Uh, it wasn't just Jim Lee's pencils, though. It was when Andy Kubert was doing it afterwards uh, in the X-Men run. Uh, every time he appeared, he had those pouches on, and he had that sweet leather jacket from time to time. Yes, he did. I still remember when they went he was to... he Well, no, not even flying. If it was colder, like when they went after Omega Red <laughs> oh, in, yeah. the, in X-Men, it's like jacket. 14 or something. Solution. Yeah. Uh, 14 or 16, I can't... Uh, yeah, around that area, something like that. And then so they go. It's such a great, it's so well drawn. And they go after him. And of course, he's put a little flight jacket on to get him warm. And then there's Psylocke standing around in the snow, almost butt naked, but she's got like the little half flat flight jacket on. I'm like, well, they're cold, right? Um, just great nonsensical art style, right, or character design. But he was just uh, so square jawed. Um, you can see the uh, the energy seething out behind his ruby quartz visor. Yep. Um, that so that whole era there. Also, um, X Men Unlimited number one, oh, where yeah. Aurora, him, and, and Xavier are in the Blackbird and they got shot down. Yep. And what, that's Bachalo at his best. That's my favorite Chris Bachalo art. Doesn't I, even ever. feel like Bachalo. It doesn't it? Doesn't and that's maybe why I like it. Um, it's so good. Um, and so he was just that square jawed, um, uh, single vision character 
that uh, is his namesake, who was defending the dream mm. and uh, was as tough as nails and would stand up for the cause. And he was kind of like the, I don't know, the Daniel Boone or the Zorro or the, this is iconic hero who couldn't be dominated in any way. Mm. Until, of course, as we all know, Psylocke licked oil off of his face. <laughs> and then we saw that he was now a man and was able to fall from grace. But yeah. um, that for those, era, who, for those of you who wonder what issue that is, that's X-Men number 20. You should look that sucker up. You can look that sucker up. It is she can, it's, ridiculous. It's not, it's not like, we're not talking Crisco, okay? We're talking motor oil, okay? It's super non-sexual. At the time, it's kind of like, oh, wow, look at that. And now it's just like, what? It's like if a girl a little poison tries to seduce somebody sexy. and bends over in front of him and then lets one rip. It's like that same kind of like non-sexual backfiring, you know? It's interesting that it was not Psylocke but uh, Revanche that died of the legacy virus, because I think it was really just, she should have died of motor oil poisoning. <laughs> Get some kind of disease for that? Uh, yeah, that's my yeah. favorite era for him. But I, I will say I do love what he became during the Utopia storyline. Okay. And I do love that he used that same single um, vision to become with some see as a monster uh, at the res- resolution of, of AVX. But I think that is very much in character with the desperation that he felt and almost the guilt he felt as the respons- one responsible for the, 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 the survival of his race. And mm. so both of those are big eras for me with him. Okay. Paul? Well, I agree with a lot of what Nate had to say. Obviously, a big exposure to Cyclops would be the even the cartoon, oh, right? The fantastic in the cartoon. Um, this unbeatable leader. Um, I think he was written amazingly well in the yeah. cartoon. Yeah, was, he was. His character was spot on. The um, 90s cartoon. Yes, 90s Not cartoon. X-Men <laughs> yes, just to clarify. Or Wolverine yeah. in the X-Men, where he was kind of like a wiener, wasn't he? He was kind he of wore a this long duster. And then yeah. he had a long trench coat, yeah. yeah he, he was emotional because Gene yeah. was abducted. Yeah, come yeah, on. Couldn't yeah. handle it. Uh, comic-wise, though, I think um, I loved him in Astonishing when we didn't pick him back up. Absolutely because true, yeah. he was a disaster. That was a past, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, Psychopolis. Popolis, <laughs> that's what you want to call it, right? And they brought him back, and he wore this black stuff for a while. And it seemed like he didn't know what to do with this character. And then we didn't took him back. I know, and this guy is the leader of the X-Men. I think it was, this was the beginning of his current, uh, where he is now, the beginning of that stage of his life, of his career. He's now come forth. He's finally stepping out of the shadow of Xavier. Mm-hmm. He's going to lead this team, lead the X-Men, lead his race. That was the pinnacle beginning of it all, to where he is now. And he did it differently, too, didn't he? He said, we're not... Um, we're super, he said, we're going to show the world we're superheroes. Yes. Which is like a different approach. That's not, that wasn't Xavier's approach at all. No. Xavier was damage control. Stop yeah. the evil mutants from terrorizing the world. We'll show them that we're good. Exactly. He puts like, we're going to put on new uniforms and we're going to do stuff and we're going to get there before the Fantastic Four gets there. Yeah, we're going to be more like the Avengers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Which is an interesting way to take the character and mutants in general. I went a lot uh, older with my favorite story. It's uh, Uncanny X-Men 175. Um, I, I realized actually I was thinking of my favorite Cyclops stories. A lot of them are either him against everybody or... Like, uh, X-Men 50, where, like, he has to help others, like, they, they it's kind of like uh, X-Men Unlimited number one. X-Men 50 is fantastic. Because they wake up and, like... But that's good, for, like, that's a good Iceman story, too. That's yeah. everyone's good. Yeah, thing. and yeah. it's just, I, I like that he's this unflappable leader, and no matter what the situation is, I think X-Men 45, uh, he survives the ruin of Avalon, and it's just him and a bunch of the Acolytes, and he's just leading them through, um, I guess, the, uh, the old Australia base. And it's just, it's a really cool survival and showing what Cyclops can do. Uh, Uncanny X-Men 175 is basically, um, everyone thinks that uh, that Dark Phoenix is back, 
because of um, what's his name, Mastermind, and basically Cyclops has to uh, defeat the entire X Men team that existed at this time. Um, it's interesting that only twenty six issues later he would be defeated by one powerless storm, but here he takes he's able to fend his own against uh, you know Colossus, Nightcrawler, uh, Storm, everybody, and he does a really Nobody good job. Nobody can defend against Nightcrawler. Okay, first nope. of all, <laughs> that's not. Uh... As we know from Heraclix and basically anything else, he just ports away all the time. Yeah, that's but all he the does. the fact that he... Yeah, whatever. Yep. Uh, what's nice about this issue as well uh, is also that he gets married to uh, Madeline Pryor, which doesn't matter anymore, but uh, yeah, that oh, happens. It was a big deal at the time. It was a huge deal, because it, the, the issue even features him kind of saying goodbye to Jean, visiting her grave, and then marrying... Her clone, her clone. <laughs> which he didn't know at That's the time. That's a good goodbye. Yeah. yeah that being said, exactly like as much as I love Cyclops, he's been through a lot of ups and downs. The worst mm-hmm. probably is when he left his uh, his wife and child yep. behind for his estranged, form- formerly dead girlfriend. lover, formerly yeah. dead lover, like and didn't tell her about it, and just kind of took off like that. Like it's interesting that they've. They have tried to kind of rehabilitate Cyclops' image, but I always remember those stories because I remember reading them and being like, Cyclops is an asshole. Like, he's not a good person, but I also grew up within the 90s and I read him getting married to Jean Grey and that always seemed like he was such a strong character. It's yeah. interesting that well, that's, that's he's a, been through so much as a character. That's a very big signal that, you know, these are written by entirely different writers who have different agendas because, again, the same thing is, is true, Amber always says, of Red and Slim. They are technically Jean and Cyclops, 90 years old in their heads, but they mm. have but they the body of a... Yeah, they ignore it because they just don't know how to resolve it, right? Yeah. But I will say that Whedon, I think, agrees with you um, because in his... Um, what is it? The Hellfire arc? When Cyclops loses his powers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, again, about Cyclops against the world, essentially. Against... Mm. Out of his element or against all the odds, and it shows the strength of his character rather than his powers, which is kind of neat. Um, yeah. A special mention, actually, I was thinking... Uh, I really enjoyed the current arc in All New X-Men. Uh, it's, it's actually a pretty strong Cyclops story because it's him being on the other side. He's basically Magneto. He's recruiting this new team. Yeah, I'm excited to read that. And uh, it's b- brilliantly illustrated by <laughs> Paul Stuart Paul silently Im- clapped. <laughs> yeah. uh, Stuart, Stuart Eminem has, is knocking, oh, like, well, knocking it out of the park. He's like, boy. He's better in this book, I think, Stuart than he has been in a lot of books well, in the past. He's Canadian. I give him some Canadian like, would, pride. Would you say he's better than he has been even recently? The like, whole book is gold. Uh, Everything Eminem, about Eminem can't really... He's better than himself. Eminem can't be destroyed. He can only change forms. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Anyway, so he is not much. But I remember his early work that when I first was exposed to him way back, I guess in early Ultimate stuff. Um, yeah, okay. And it was very, um, it was not as detailed. Yeah. I guess would be the right way to put it. And his art is, is I wouldn't say night and day, but it's, it's drastically. I always liked it, and now it just gets better and better and better, as you would yeah. say. And it's gold. This, this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, this is a, it's quite an evolution. I saw him in <laughs> Thor. I think the um, Jurgen's Thor. Oh yeah. Um, uh, arcs and he was very like light on his pencils and kind of muddy or murky or not a lot of defined lines and now he's almost like he's almost like a, a manga artist in some ways and his crisp lines and almost cartoony I, part of it is obviously Wade von Grabager I think is his regular inker I think he's developing more of his style as well and there's like a relationship that a pencil and inker create. yeah and so over time you can see an evolution of their style together uh, but I think I think it's usually Wade. I think he's the one who's doing the old, old X Men as well, like Kubert and Delberdang, or Lee and Williams. All these classic yeah. combinations. Mm-hmm. Or Lee and Hannah. Lee and Hannah. Scott Hannah. Yeah. Anyway, that's. I, I will make uh, two shout outs about Cyclops in other media. The first okay. one in the X Men arcade game. It's a piece of garbage. Okay, <laughs> everyone picks Nightcrawler. Yeah, I picked Dazzler before Cyclops because, and if you haven't played this game, download it on Xbox Live or PSN because he's just a stupid little beam and it uses up mutant power. It should be like his regular attack. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, his punch has no range. Yeah. Right? yeah. Whereas in like the X Men Legends game, he's amazing because he has like this pinpoint precise beam, and he's just beaming everybody. Brilliant. But in like Overpower well, and awesome in the Overpower. Onslaught storyline, one card in Overpower and one scene in the Onslaught storyline have always had a giant impression left on me. Paul, what is this card? Remove about? visor. Yes. I love it when he takes his visor off and blasts Onslaught. Yeah. That was, because this is when I started collecting X-Men at this time, so that really has an impression on me. Absolutely. Like, I never saw him do that on the show. It's amazing. This is the best mutant ever, right? Yeah. So I just, until I saw AOA Iceman, he was the best mutant ever. Yeah. Yeah, so those are really cool moments for me. Uh, also, I also really liked how I, he was written in House of M, because again, they didn't have Captain America on the board during the House of M universe, so he's the tactical leader of the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. when Cap America isn't around. It's sure. interesting to see that now because now he's in prison and he's on the other side, but it, he's, they've done a lot of good work with the character yeah. since Morrison kind of was tweaking him because Morrison was kind of saying this character's a bit of a loser and even the way they were illustrating him during uh, that run, he was extremely thin, like mm-hmm. they were overemphasizing the slim nature of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's terrible think, art. Yeah. yeah, well, not the greatest <laughs> artwork. <laughs> Quietly? I, I love don't... Quietly. Wait a minute. You know You're I love Quietly. One. You do, but you don't like how old he makes everyone I love his old, old wrinkly looks. faces. Wait, I thought you hated it. <laughs> no, Are I Are you doing a 180 on this? No, I've always liked what? Quietly. I said he was great creepy horror art, and the bug room was well done, the and world, I think yeah. it was very appropriate for the story. But you and said his quietly... Superman... Oh, Superman is stupid. Okay. Because <laughs> 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 he does that panel with, like, he never ages, and then he's old Quietly face. Yeah. But I like Quietly's art in that run because I think it's very fitting to Morrison's story. I don't know anything about Morrison. Okay. Stop playing Anyways, the, the, the pinky visor. <laughs> Anyways, I feel like Morrison did a lot <laughs> to kind of damage what I liked about the Cyclops character it's not up until that point. <laughs> okay, and after the Morrison, one, was... after the Morrison run, I think they fixed Cyclops, made him much more interesting, and now he's a lot more compelling than than Morrison would have you believe he ever could be. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Whedon. Yeah, and, and Whedon was a big part of that. For yeah. sure. Yeah, I also like how in, in recent years he's had, as you say, this leadership role. And so when it comes to like Abigail Brand or Nick Fury, um, particularly in Whedon stuff, like he has these councils or conversations with them, and then they kind of say, "Look, we respect you. We respect what you've done, but we kind of feel you're going off the rails here." And Cyclops is like, "This isn't your show," kind of thing. Like he's really stepped up as this guy, as a representative of mm-hmm. more than just Xavier's dream. Which just does show how the X-Men as a concept has evolved as well. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this before the podcast started, but like Cyclops has come a long way. Part of, partly, uh, it's interesting, I think uh, part of what was keeping him back as a character was Jean Grey. As much as I love Jean Grey, don't get me wrong, Amber, Amber's <laughs> giving me death eyes. But I think they didn't know how to, once Jean Grey was gone, I think they could write him in a different way. Because she was his childhood love, and it was always going to keep him grounded in a certain way. Brand day Cyclops? What are you talking about? Kind of, yes. Because the minute Cyclops had didn't have Gene around, and now he has Emma instead, it, it changes how the character interacted around, with the people around him, and let him pushed him into a different direction. I don't think you would have had that same direction necessarily if Gene was still around. You just made Gene a woman in the fridge. A little bit. Yeah, she's holding Not yeah, a man. She, her death allowed him yeah. to evolve as a character. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think that people have. It doesn't mean that she had to die, but I think people have done good work since she was dead. I, I feel that she is a woman in a fridge. I feel that Jean has held, held back most of the Marvel Universe, and I'm so glad she's been dead. And that's okay. completely contradictory to how Amber feels about it, and I understand that. She's back now? I find, young, young I find her yeah. just a nothing character. <clears throat> she's a pretty girl who's nothing. See, you, it's interesting you, that you say that, because that's one of the reasons Cyclops didn't make it on my list, is because for so long I feel he was a nothing character. He, he was, was. Leader but in the last the 20 X-Men. years, last 15 years, maybe yeah. almost 20 now, he has really, I would say, if we look back on this conversation after we bring out all our names and discuss them, Wolverine and Cyclops are, more, more Cyclops has evolved the most of almost any yeah. X-Men. Well, because to me he was nothing, and then he was a dick, 
Oh, no. He's intermittently a dick throughout his entire... Yeah, like, he's always you, been a dick. If you watch yeah. the 90s cartoon... If you read X-Men number 5 from <laughs> 1963, he's still like, an asshole. Wolverine didn't like him, so I was like, I have to side with Wolverine. Like, one of my favorite scenes <laughs> is when after Wolverine, uh, Cyclops pull, makes the call in Night of the Sentinels to pull the team out, yeah. Wolverine walks up to him, and he's like lecturing Wolverine, like, oh, we have to do it. And then he just gut punches Cyclops in the stomach, yeah. and then he doubles over, and he goes, next time I'll use the claws. Like, brilliant scene. Yeah. And like, I love how... Those Cyclops made him a convertible. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Wolverine is a loose cannon. He's marching towards you. You're, his best friend's just like been murdered, and you're like lecturing him. Like he's always lecturing. He's such a douche yeah, in that I show. Did not like I him. Lo- but it's so funny. Like if you, even if you, if you if you drink, do it as a drinking game. If you don't drink, just do it for fun. Like see how many times you can. I don't know. Do a handstand whenever he's a dick because you'd be so tired by the end of one episode. That's true. I guess, and that's very true. Even Wolverine admits it in, in Ween's run, saying. You know, I'm not a big fan of Cyclops in the end. And it's proven with schism and all kind of stuff. But he'd also follow him to the ends of the earth because you know Cyclops at his that is core. A very, yeah, they have a very interesting yeah. relationship. Because yeah. yeah. for so long, I feel like Cyclops' only character trait was that he was a leader. Hmm. And yeah, that, that was true for a long time. And, that yeah, was true. and I know he's leader of the Jack Kirby era. That's and, exactly yeah. what he was. And I know oh, he's, yeah. he's more, a much more interesting character now. And I would never say like he, he nothing's happened with him. But that's why he was not on my list when like okay. so many people love Cyclops. It's because for so long... And that's that's how I think of him now. I know he's changed, but it's so ingrained in me that he's just like leader of the X Men. That's fair because that was a problem for many years, yeah. and I think they've changed it since then. But it's hard some, but, for a lot of people to shake that. And that's the same thing with so many people. Like Storm was the black girl for the longest time. Like she's African, you know, and then she has become so much more than that, particularly under Claremont, of course. But I mean, even now, ever since you know she got married to Black Panther, and then there's these storylines about what who is her allegiance to? Is it to her country now that she's like this leader of a nation? Is mm. it to her husband? Is it to the X Men? Is it to her race? So she. She has this whole kind of interesting. I never liked Storm in the nineties. Never sure. once. But now I like Storm. But not one of us actually picked Storm. Do we? No, no. Because no. again, I think maybe what Amber touched on. I don't like Storm at all from anything she's been in, except for her neutralized storyline. Okay. Or recent stuff with Storm, where she become more complex as a character. I feel. I feel. So moving on from Cyclops, who's uh, who do you want to Let's talk about? Someone else. Amber. Jubes. Jubes. <laughs> Jubes. Why is the Jubes on my list? Um, actually, I guess most of my list was composed of my favorite X-Men as I knew them initially from the cartoon, because that's how I was introduced mm-hmm. to X-Men. Absolutely. I'm still, and, I'm still asking why Jubilee, then. Well, um, to be fair, Jubilee is in the cartoon that she's going to talk yeah. about. is exactly like she is in the comics when she's first introduced. Yeah, she's very faithful to her comic rendition, and it's, I guess, because, you know, when she was introduced, she was the ingenue. Mm-hmm. She was the character that was, like, new to being a mutant and was introduced to all these X-Men and this whole world. But she had and an 80, 80s uh, attitude. Yeah, well, she had 80s you're, attitude. You're a child of the 80s. She was yeah. Shadowcat, shadow but in the 80s. Sure. Yeah, and I was, like, she was a, a young girl who was just introduced into this awesome world, and I was a young girl who was mm-hmm. just introduced into this awesome world, and I think that's why they chose her, mm-hmm. is because she's so identifiable, and particularly to have this female character, and she was in, like, almost every episode, and it was... Yes, she was. And yeah. she was always also a there. Good voice. And like, yeah, until oh, big like a comfy couch. Yeah, Luna yeah. the clone. Yeah. And like her voice acting was great. And like when I started to read comics, I would pick comics with Jubilee on the cover because mm. I'm like I know her and identify with her. And her relationship with Wolverine, I always really liked. Mm-hmm. And I. I still don't think it's sexual, and I know people are like, "Yeah, Kitty definitely slept with him." I don't think Jubilee. I don't think Jubilee was ever sexual with Wolverine. But I really I think liked, Kitty was. <laughs> It's, it's sort of implied Look, that he whatever but, yeah. he does in the middle of the night with his trainees. <laughs> That's why I love Between Kitty him and his trainees. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Any but, particular storyline? I mean, so we know how you fell in love with the character, but what, anything, like, um, in particular you can point to, and, like, that's Jubilee. As far as comic book storyline, I think I talked about it in my, in my favorite 
Wolverine stories, maybe as an honorable mention, is the the Savage Land storyline mm. where she was there with uh, Rogue and Wolverine. Okay. And it was just, I really love the art there, and I like her, like her attitude and the fact that she constantly has bubble gum, even though she's in the Savage Land, and like she's she's listening to <laughs> hey. her Walkman. Yeah. And it's did, she, like, did she have her roller skates? Because she had those. She a lot didn't in the have 90s. those at the time. Yeah. I must say, I do love her giant sunglasses. Yeah. I love those. They're so iconic for her. Yeah. yeah. It's just. I think that storyline to me was a very Jubilee storyline because even completely out of place of like her mall or even the modern world, she was still herself and she was like a teen with attitude. And I think I identified with this teen with attitude and then I had had an enduring love for her. And I'm so sad that she's like depowered and then a vampire Yeah, because this, it it brings me down. People don't know what to do with her. Where is vampire Jubilee right now? I don't know. I think she may have been cured. (laughs) <laughs> is she no longer okay, Vampire Jubilee? Where is Jubilee? Whatever her <laughs> right now. Nowhere. Where is Jubilation Lee? Honestly, you could say, where is anyone from Generation X? And they're all kind of gone. I know where Husk is. <laughs> Chamber is. At Chamber, yeah. yeah. Where are they now? Wolverine's Institute. She's oh, yeah. predominantly featured in the first volume. That's right. She, I forgot. And I like how she's all kind of like weird. She's messed up right it's now. It's like, like her skin has been peeled off so many times. Like she doesn't have a single face anymore. You know, it's like different layers of skin. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, something's wrong with her. I haven't explained it quite yet. Well, is Chamber there too? Yeah, okay. Chamber is there, yeah. He's, I don't actually remember. He's at the end he's of the faculty. first volume. Yeah, they all introduce he, the faculty at the Does end. he still look yeah. like Apocalypse a little? Because he used to. Because he's the flaming face, that's all I Oh, know. he's back to being flaming face? Okay. Yeah. From what I could tell. Because for a while he was abducted by Clan Akaba and they were trying to make him the new vessel for Apocalypse. Back in... I don't know, New Excalibur or something. Like what about like, like Jubilee's stories in the to- in the cartoon show? Like, do you like? Do you still think that Jubilee's everything? But like Jubilee's like story time theater. Story time theater. Like, that, that was one. not good. That was that was crap. But like, I do like Jubilee's the intro. Sentinels when she said, oh, yeah. "I'm just a kid a million times." Yeah. I'm like, you are. <laughs> I, just, I understand. And, I buy into this. Yeah, <laughs> I believe it. But I think she was just such a great vehicle to introduce the X-Men and was in herself like this cool character with attitude and and she she was such a weakly powered X-Men oh my goodness but she was running in and doing everything anyways yeah. like she was very courageous because she sucked but she was in there and she was going to help her team yeah, and well, I like that about her well, yeah <laughs> that's true I mean when they have the Genosha storyline and, and she's like the only one trying to get everyone free and trying to like fight to free everyone and like yeah. everyone seems very subservient yeah. And Gambit's like, and go like, back to your sub Gambit has nothing a plan to do here. Like, Gambit, what are you doing, you dick? Like, <laughs> like, Storm is stuck in the thing, and she's crying every night. And you have this girl broken out of herself saying, I can think of a plan. And it's like, he's just, you know, it's trying to make him seem like he's a traitor, right? Yeah. Like, he doesn't yeah. want to engage in this. But even, like, Sunfire didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> Sunfire, Sunfire's yeah. Addicted. Speaking of Sunfire, besides him, she was also one of the earliest introductions of an, of an Asian character into yeah, the X-Men, yeah. which I feel is a crime. There should be more Asian characters than there are. They I have agree. Karma... They have Sunfire. They have Jubilation now. Surge. Um, Surge. Yeah. Armor. Yeah, Armor's a nice new one. Armor, so I mean, yeah. it's nice to see them getting some more. Technically, Salak's body. Well, yeah, Sal- Sal- I'm just, <laughs> which we will get to. Um, Nate's go-to. Yeah, um, she's my go-to. Uh, but considering the, the amount of pop- uh, uh, the the population of the planet and the yeah. percentage of people who are Asian on our planet, you think there'd be a few more than? Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. A couple six, more of them would have mutated. Mutants, yeah. Yeah, who else had Salak on Especially in, your, especially in their Japan. Yeah. <laughs> you had Salak on your list? No. Was that the only one Salak on my list? I yeah. Think so. yeah. Okay, well, fine. You're the only one who loves Salak. All right. Or at least enough to put it on the list. It's right. because of the motor looking, motor oil looking. Oh, we'll get to that. I think it's sure when she will. had like the Sailor Moon hair. That was her greatest time. The Sailor Moon? Who had yeah. that? Did she ever put her yeah, hair up like a, that? Yeah, there's a, there's a cover of a comic 
and it's like a white background, and it's Psylocke with Sailor Moon hair. Was it like the <laughs> manga verse? Yeah, one? it was like manga. Okay, because that doesn't I seem to be the same version of what they read on the island. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. part yeah, of the, the, the stories I'm going to discuss. That's when back when she did uh, transport between dimensions. Or she was just shadow teleporter. That was kind of neat. I remember when she first started doing it. Because we're doing it. Which, so which version of which okay, version so Psylocke? Psylocke with her pink costume as as, as uh, the Brian's sister, more like more or less, in her white body was really boring. Betty body. Um, yeah, I mean, she had a fun little thing at the end of Mutant Massacre where she fought one of her many fights with Sabretooth to come. Uh, but other than that, but she wasn't cool. So uh, Jim Lee reintroduces her. They move her, switch her bodies. Well, Mojo technically switches her body with a, a hand ninja. Um, pulls out her eyes, um, puts in cameras instead. She gets sent to the chop shop, and so she's kind of got this like connection to Spiral. Where Spiral, if you were to say that anyone besides Sabretooth is her mortal enemy, you'd have to. I would say Spiral. Like she has this weird relationship with her yeah. that has been reemphasized recently in the last storyline. Yeah, it's um, so. with Greg Land or Shadow King. She's yeah, a, I'd yeah. say Shadow King. A lot of Shadow maybe, King. Yeah. Maybe Shadow King more than Sabretooth. Yeah, she's got a lot of Shadow King stuff, like Sabretooth, where she's trapped him for years. Yeah, like Sabretooth is important, but I think those three. I said those. Three. I think, yeah, those three. Oh wait, are no, no, we have to say like Shinobi Shaw and not as much. Let's get you the hand, no, no, and yeah. where she becomes Lady Mandarin. Like I love the design of the Lady Mandarin costume. Yeah, um, there's a lot of the stuff about Psylocke uh, that's very aesthetic for me because I was an impressionable teenage boy, mm-hmm. and she was a sexy ninja, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so can you clarify for me? I'm always very confused. What are her actual mutant powers? Originally, it was telepathy, and then and changed. Then she became able to channel that, that telepathy psychic into knife. a psychic knife, yeah. which is a super cool idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in the cartoon show, she shot her knives. So I don't think that's like that's part no. of continuity. Or, or At canon. one point, she switched powers with Jean Grey. Well, she didn't switch. No, Claremont, Claremont switched, switched them. them. <laughs> so then she the became powers. only telekinetic and made telekinetic uh, katanas, and Jean. Um, because Jean has both powers, which is so odd that they can't switch. Yeah. Jean had two. Anyway, whatever. So now she has both again. Now she's a telepath slash telekinetic. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And her power, her <laughs> power is also to be Asian <laughs> while not keeping any of her original DNA. The DNA of her body, her original European body, was, would contain the, the gene X gene. But mm. somehow Mojo and Spiral gave her a body that... It doesn't matter. Did she also have a power that, that she couldn't be detected by electronic devices? I know all yes. the, like all the shadow X, power? Yes. All the X-Men, all had, the that X-Men had that after they were quote-unquote killed. But, but, that, that, but that transferred this, to her Asian body. The Siege Perilous... She went through with the Siege Perilous... Oh, she went through the Siege Perilous... Yeah, everything transferred to her, her Asian okay. body. Yeah, so there, what Adam's referring to is once they went through the Siege Perilous and were assumed dead, one of the, the, the side effects was that they couldn't be detected, detected by electrical devices. So they could walk through a building with cameras and no one could see anything. Which is kind of an interesting storyline when you think about yeah, it. It's been more of, or less forgotten by now. Which, which now would actually be more potent because everything is electronic now. Yeah. I, although Claremont did remember that detail... For his run on New Exiles when, Psy- when Psylocke was on there, because he loves Psylocke. But the question I have is, if like Wolverine wanted to tweet something, could he tweet something if he could? No, that's <laughs> so. Well, let's talk more about the Siege Perilous and Siege so really, Courageous and all that crap. I gotta figure out. Yeah, what it's it's interesting, but yeah. not really. So you so, okay with Claremont's version of her? Like, like I know you don't like. Yeah, Claremont I mean, writing. I don't know. She did some really cool stuff during. I mean, even in um, storylines, I don't care too much for like um, uh, um, Extinction. Agenda. Yeah. 
Uh, she was cool there. Some cool stuff in there. Yeah. Again, I like the Lady Mandarin armor. Didn't she have a gun at one point? Wasn't there a shot with her shooting, <sighs> like firing off a, like a machine gun or something? I think a lot of my early love of the character was very aesthetic based. Okay. Uh, Roger Cruz did some great drawings of her, and then even Joe Mad did some fantastic drawings of her. But really, of a storyline in the comics that I like uh, would be the Crimson Dawn saga, okay, which is the first time I really cared about either Archangel or, or Sarlacc outside the show. And the last time. No, it's obviously not. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, because I like that that, that was uh, her fight against Sabretooth at the mansion, where she's the only X-Men on duty, and he's essentially going to go and kill everyone in their sleep, and she stands up against him, and no one dies to save her, her family, essentially. And that was very powerful. And then the way Warren is completely distraught, like, I should have been here, I have to do something about this, and they go on this cool, almost like Big Trouble in Little China journey. You know what I mean? They go into yeah. the depths of Chinatown uh, to find the Crimson Dawn to save her, and then they bring her back, but she's like lost some of her essence because she's like, I'm not supposed to be alive. What's happened to me? And she gets, this, as Paul said, the scar over her eye, and she gets like shadow powers, and they didn't know what to do with that, unfortunately. They just let her just drift for a while Yeah. Um, with that scar over her face, and then eventually when she was killed in uh, Extreme X-Men, um, she was gone for a while until Clamor brought her back. So uh, she comes back again after Claremont brings her back, and now she's an X-Force, and I think she's really a great addition to the team. I think she's one of the few female characters, besides Domino, that they should have on that team. Um, and uh, I think that the story, overall arc of, of Psylocke, coming to grips with the fact that she once loved Warren, and now she loves Warren for what he represents of her past, but doesn't really love him anymore... And how Phantom X kind of like coaxes her out of that and says like, you don't love him anymore. You love what you lost, what you used to have. You, you, you are more attracted to me. And she's like, no, I'm not. And then he's all seducing her. And it's kind of cute and clever and uh, shaking up the status quo. And um, I like that she's also a moral compass to the team. And she really struggles with that too. And she's mm. like, I really felt we should kill the boy. But then she's the one who stands against her own teammates to, 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 kill, to prevent the killing of Ensebonor as a child. And she's like, I'll fight every one of you. You're not going to touch this child. Like she, she takes on this very almost conflicting roles that I find very interesting. Far more interesting than the storyline mentioned earlier by Adam the Revanche return where her British double comes back and is dying from the legacy virus. <laughs> and so now she has to kill her to get her body back. And... The way that they, half the time it just looked like weird mutant herpes. Yeah. I, I just I, I think it's weird that she's on my, my list because I only really like two, maybe three storylines with her. I like the storyline she had against where she initially fights Shadow King and traps him, which they touch on again. They during the Psy War? And, yeah, during the Psy War that they touch on again in X-Force. So there's only about three key notes for her, really. It's her uh, Crimson Dawn and her death. Um, fights against... Uh, uh, um, not Sabretooth, um, um, Shadow, King. Shadow King, and then now her inclusion in um, Uncanny X Force, which is coming to an end. Interesting. So it's the new one, which she leads. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So there's With not Spiral, really, which is interesting. I, I feel like yeah, which is interesting. I feel like there's not enough that content there that I should really like her, but I just I like her aesthetic. I don't know. I love the Jim Lee costume. Well, I you think like she's the so pantslessness. Cool. Yeah, I, I like the pantslessness. <laughs> she's sexy. She's sexy. You know, and she's she got is. a British accent. She's mm-hmm. an Asian body, British accent. Yeah. She's all screwed up. She had her friggin' eyes pulled out and put cameras in instead. Like, she's, in terms of her, what has been done to her, I find her fascinating and confusing. But I like her, and I really don't know why. It's hard to say. I don't think that this is what a character I'm proud of liking. You know, it's interesting. <laughs> when I went through some of these characters, some of the ones that ended up on my list, they aren't necessarily the characters I can point to a direct story. Mm. But I just enjoy them being around, yeah. or I enjoy little pieces of characterization that have been sprinkled throughout the years that it. That when I, I actually look at it in, in, in full, I'm yeah. like, there's enough here that I enjoy, but there's not one storyline 
And that's not a detriment to that character. Yeah, just, I just some like characters her there. some characters don't necessarily yeah. take over the spotlight enough that you can really point to a storyline. Even in the Necrocia X story and I like a lot, um, by um by Zem- Carrie and uh, Clay Mann, yep. um, where she's they're fighting against the res- resurrected Proteus, um, she's all over in that story and she like Clay Mann draws her she's gorgeous in that book and she's got her cool abilities. And I, I, I doubt I dare anyone to say that the psychic knife, um, when it's when it's, she's shoving it into someone's neck, it doesn't look awesome. It looks awesome and yeah. visceral. Yeah, like. when she does it to Magneto, remember in the first like in the early storylines of, of X Men, yeah. and she just like boom hits them, and she's like hitting all the acolytes. Like she's she's cool, and she will knock you out. Yeah. So I think that, uh, that aesthetically, it's it's great and making uh, her a ninja added a lot. Yeah, oh, for sure. Because she's physically now she's more important. She's a physical threat because before they definitely played up the fact that she wasn't a physical yeah, threat. Yeah, she just ran away. Like that whole storyline of her fighting uh, Sabretooth after Mutant Master. She does not hold she up She runs well. away from him the most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, you've been quiet for a little while, so we're going to throw it to you. Okay. My only person that had uh, Nightcrawler? Yes. 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 Okay. I felt he's awesome, but he's like everyone's favorite, and I didn't. I'm weird that way. Really? What makes you think he's everyone's favorite? Because everyone I talk to, even if they don't watch X-Men, they're like, I love Nightcrawler, and I'm so excited for the X-Men movie. And like, X-Men, uh, Nightcrawler's not in this movie. He's like, yeah, yo, he's an X-Men. I'm like, well, it's 2000, and he's not been announced. You know? like, but it's an X-Men movie, and I play as him when I play the arcade game. Like, that's, you know, people see him as synonymous, because he's so um, cool-looking, right? Like, I dare anyone to think, like, he looks awesome, he has a super awesome sword, and he can teleport and do anything like he's absolutely. so cool the swashbuckling hero yeah absolutely. Like, he's hard not to love yeah. well speaking of the movie like my the one thing that's key for me for him is him in X2 that opening sequence so him good. bamfing in the White House yeah. I was like this is Nightcrawler I'm sold I'm hooked this yeah. movie is going to be awesome like yeah, it was the best part of that film yeah. <laughs> no the whole movie was good but nothing uh, good. do you think that the be- anything else in that film competes with that opening scene mm, uh, maybe Wolverine in the Mansion uh, that was exciting that but was the lack exciting. of blood does not make it an authentic Wolverine. Like Paul said, when I saw that, I'm like, this is Nightcrawler. When I saw that, I'm like, okay, they're close. Yeah. But there's no blood and he's not really cutting people up yet. Nightcrawler, I'd say, was perfect. Yeah. He wouldn't necessarily, like, well, I don't necessarily think there would be necessarily have to be a lot of blood. If he's defending the school, I don't think he'd be He put his claws up. into a man's foot. <laughs> and there okay. wasn't an ounce of blood even when he pulled the claws Yeah, out. I know that. That's and he just... slit people's throats. Yeah. You well, could, they for, just saying, okay, for that movie, you can imagine the blood there. Okay, clean there's a scene in Hulk versus Wolverine where he's fighting Deadpool, and Deadpool raises his katana, and Wolverine slices off his arm, and it slices into three separate pieces with a small little one, and it rolls on the ground, and Wade goes, "Huh, look at that! Look what he did there! Oh my goodness! Wait a minute!" And he like takes off from the battle and starts trying to put his arm back, like it's upside down, right? That's a Wolverine moment. He yeah. sliced you into ribbons, okay? Yeah. Not, oh, I slice you and then I pull my claws out there's no blood. No, I get it. It's got to almost be comical how violent it is. Okay. At least it's Wade. At least so it's Nightcrawler. Yeah. Well, Sabretooth. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's like, are you sure that's what he said? I'm pretty sure he said, oh, Sabretooth, no. <laughs> Nolan North is genius as, as Deadpool, and I really hope they make him the voice in the, in the video game coming He's out. the voice in the video is game. Is he? Yeah. Well, that, that's hopeful. Yeah, I hope cool. the script is good then. Yeah. So, um, I don't particularly have a, an amazing story for Nightcrawler. Um, I, I do want to touch on, I, I, I am okay with him being dead, and I like the way he died um, in Second Coming. Uh, noble Sacrifice, it worked for me. Um, and they have AOA Nightcrawler here now, which I think will take that roster spot, which is fine. So... Gene was gone forever. You can keep Nightcrawler gone forever. I think there's no no harm in that. But Gene's all over the AOA. Gene's all over X Force too. You know she's coming back constantly. Right? This is true. Um, but I think Nightcrawler ran into when we talk about evolution of characters. He ran into a rut where 
where do you want to go? Do you want to really play towards his religious side? Do you want to play towards his swashbuckling side, his circus freak stuff? Mm-hmm. Like, they they seem very lost with him back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I think this more kind of more mature, clear-minded, more almost violent Nightcrawler they can work with better than kind of guessing what to do with the original. Um, That's true. So, I do, He definitely did go through a rut. I think bringing him back to the Xbox was not a good move because I think putting him on Excalibur for like many years was a, was a, a way of, of making him into something he could never be on the X-Men. Like, he was a leader of the team. He he, he blossomed in a way he, could, he never did on X-Men. And then for the 35th anniversary, they brought him, Colossus, yes, and Shadowcat back to the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And I think he, they never really did anything with him once once he was there. Uh, whereas I think in, in his entire time on Excalibur, you saw him growing and becoming a leader. You know what? That's exa- I think that's entirely correct. I can't think of anything Nightcrawler has done since they brought him back. Like, he hasn't been a leader. He hasn't been able to do anything. What was that, like, 98? 98. 98. Yeah. The 35th, uh, 35th anniversary. And it was just, what's happened? Pacheco what drew a really good yes, he did. Nightcrawler, but other great. than that. Like, and, they, and they also put him in more of his classic costume, because he had that kind of yeah. weird mid-90s yeah, but then, badass. But then right after that, they put him into the X-Corp, like, dark leather yeah. stuff. And then they Even had the father like religious thing. Yeah, and then the he was collar. wearing the collar, which I'm fine yeah. with. But then they didn't, they didn't they, do they, much they, with it. That's my problem. I've mentioned this before on the podcast. If you're going to write a character who has a certain ethnicity, please do research on what it means to be um, Arab or an Arab Muslim. Yeah. Okay, when you're writing, um, what's your name? St- um, not Sandstorm Dust. Um, when you're writing Dust, please do that research. Yeah. If you don't know the voice or, or Sabra, or even the oh Sabra is another example. Even the voice of a woman. If you're ma- most writers are male, please do everything you can to be able to write a female voice. This yeah. is all just basic writing, and certainly if you're writing a Catholic who almost became a Catholic priest, right? I think uh, we mentioned again before Daredevil's Catholicism. I think is more integrated into him as is written into him as a character, and uh, he I, deals yeah. with that crushing Catholic guilt he talks about. And in and, and that whole thing. And, and I'm not saying that yeah. stereotype should be played up for all Catholics. No. I'm just saying for Matt, that's what it is. He's Irish Catholic, which is different than other Catholics, right? Yeah. Um, and it works for him. And it's part of the soul of that character. And it has meaning. And I and with Mike, with Kurt, I just think that he's been written by Claremont for so long. And Claremont didn't want to, want to do anything with it. He just wanted to throw it out there. Same with Kitty. Well, Kitty's Jewish, but I'm going to throw it out there for you. But For, for Nightcrawler, it. he established it was there, but he was more about the swashbuckler. There was other people who tried to play up more of the Catholicism, and I don't think they did anything. But they didn't really do it. No, right? they didn't. Yeah. And then yeah. you're talking about like the uh, Nightcrawler was in. Of course, he had the, uh, the, the storyline of Draco with his dad. Being introduced, which is one of the worst storylines that Uncanny X Men has ever had. Sadly, Azazel's back now, right? And Azazel's back. So, Azazel. Wait, so, wait, 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 wait. Wolverine the X Men. The last issue just came out. Yep. Son of a gun. Yep. They keep bringing back some characters you don't want to see. So, yeah, I, I like my color. Explain the bounce at some point. Yeah, the bounce around the, the school. Oh yeah, the tiny little ones. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So I, I just finished the first volume, so I don't. Okay. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, that being said, I do. I like the, the idea that they brought an AOA Nightcrawler. I just don't like the way he's written at all. I don't think he feels like the AOA Nightcrawler. That's my problem with it. I like that he's there. I like that you can you can portray Nightcrawler in a way. appeared in four issues. What are you talking about? How do you know what his personality is? <laughs> okay, I, I I'm just, talking about originally in original AOA, he's there and then he's an Omega, and he's in Astonishing X Men One. But you know, whatever. Yeah, for he's, how long? 
For a few panels. Yeah. So <laughs> how panels. can you establish anyone? Okay, just they had they had established a little bit of. He was just he's like a, he's like a darker Kurt. Like he's not the Kurt you know because he's yeah, more violent. But, but yeah, he's yeah, still he, has his friends. He is illustrated as a, a darker Kurt, but I just felt something didn't quite feel right in how they've been writing him in X Force. I like that he's there in principle. Adam, I love you. I love that you can say things like he didn't feel right because a series in 1996 <laughs> there were four issues. You're uh. so precious. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know what? Let's say let's pretend since '96 something happened to him uh, in AOA. I don't think anything happened to him. I think he's very similar to what he was written. Like he's just like he's cool because he looks awesome. That's why they put him in there. They give him the sword. They make him more violent. I don't know. There's just something about it that didn't quite work. For okay. Me. Well, part fine. of part of it's the artwork. I didn't like how they illustrated him either. Opeña's version or not Opeña? Um, Good. You don't talk about Opeña like that. I would never talk about Opeña <laughs> like that. I like Opeña. I'm not Paul. What? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not being I like the pencils of Pena I don't like how they color him he's very bland and that I will, that I will that's an aspect you're allowed to go I'm allowed to go <laughs> an okay. and now Amber says she understands I appreciate it but they're too ugly yeah but Amber also loves Greg Land so you can see where yeah. she's coming from she likes more of a sheen and polish <laughs> yes she likes the sheen and the polish I like my heroes to be polished if I'm reading a non-hero <laughs> I like comic my heroes to be polished. <laughs> I want some hero wax on there I want them shiny if I'm reading that's, a non- that's Xavier's uh, that's actually Wolverine's <laughs> new motto for the school all the time. <laughs> Xavier's head, always shiny. Shiny little ball. Yeah. Oh to me, God. my X-Men. <laughs> that reminds me of an old uh, Fleur card set, and there was a, a subset, the, subset at the end that was all X-Men at the beach. And it was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, they were so shiny. Yes. 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 So was it a Jubilee yes. putting suntan lotion on his head? Sexualized yeah. Gambit with his yes. Speedos and everything. It was terrible. So much fun. I'm pretty sure so Cyclops fun. and Jean Grey were playing uh, Frisbee they, in, yes, in, they in the water. Like shiny that, though. What was that comic you bought a few years ago? Um, with all the girls, it was like an ex-girls comic. Oh yeah, and it was all TNA. What was that and all called? Cheesecake. That was so cheesecakey. Yeah. Do you remember they used to also do Marvel? They used to do Marvel swimsuit editions. I think it was called X Women or something. Yes, yeah. they did. That's right. Yeah, that's that's, and I feel like this X Woman book that yeah. uh, she picked up have is you an seen ode that? to that. I don't think I have. It was just like they were in waterfalls yep. and bathing suits all, the, all time. the time, and they're just constantly they get some clothes on and they just have to take them off. Sounds about right. Awesome. That sounds like what I want to see. It sounds like Claremont <laughs> picked up a, jet, a stack of Gen Thirteen. It was like Storm and <laughs> we have to do this. and Rogue. Like, and it's like Chris, all, it's it's 2007. You don't have to like no Gen 13 is the new was, thing. It was like, Claremont. Those are from yeah. Was it Claremont? It was, it Claremont. was Claremont. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Um, I'll talk about Joseph, but first I wanted to do a nice little. Uh, no, people at home can't see, but I'm holding up Uncanny X Men 200 and Uncanny X Men 342. How cool is Joseph compared to Magneto? Okay, you're showing us the <laughs> lame New Mutants costume. Yep, with the giant M on his chest. Compared See, you're to not making a fair comparison. Joseph I know, I know. in the Shi'ar armor designed by Madrera. Yeah. Not even a comparison. Anyways, I was going to originally talk about Magneto and uh, Joseph, but I'm just talking about Joseph. Uh, I grew up with Joseph being on the X-Men. Uh, yeah, I guess you did. I mean, I was what, like 13, 14 years old when I was reading him being on the team. Was he um, X-Men Unlimited 11? Is that where he first came in? Where Rogue mm, meets him? That's not was his was first appearance. He, was first, first, he first showed up in Uncanny X-Men before that. He, they just showed that there was a man showed up and he didn't know who he was. Yeah, but the explanation of where they actually find him is that, is, is it 11? It was more than 11, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And that's where he actually meets Rogan to find out more about yeah, I have that issue. his history and his past. I love the art in that issue. I, I like the idea it's that... Terrible. I don't like what they did with him eventually, but I like the idea that it was... that they that Magneto didn't have any memory of who he was and he was... In, in, yeah, yeah, in, that's what it was originally. Yeah, Magneto doesn't know who he is, but, but he was younger. Everybody he has the powers. Younger. He looks a little younger. Yeah. Like he's been de-aged somehow, mm-hmm. and he's and he's being a hero, and he's yeah, teaming up with. Magneto well, you know, was off the radar at this point. Like, no one knew yeah. where he was. Yeah, his body. He was gone. He and then just, he appeared in Avengers for the onslaught impact. 
Yeah. Um, and then Quicksilver freaks out and tries to kill him with a high-speed ram, which is exactly where that overpower card came from. Because he's on the pier. No, there's a card yeah, in the yeah, overpower. Yeah, no, it's like that. 11 strength that Quicksilver can do. And he's like grabs a thing of wood and goes to kill um, Joseph. And then Wanda blows up the pier to yeah, save. Yeah, I remember that. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I, I liked how they personified that. The, the, and it was the whole idea of, you know, can he be a hero? Now, that he, like, if you take away his past... Mm-hmm. It will he make different choices now that he doesn't remember the done that. They did that with um, X-Men number one. Yeah, but this is this is a little bit different. Okay. Because this was a prolonged, and, and we didn't know that... Uh, there, there, was always, there was always the idea that eventually he'll go evil again. We didn't realize that they were just going to make him a clone. Although they went out of the way to not say he was a clone. They used a lot of clever work Yeah, verbiage. because the clone saga... It had just, just wrapped like a year or two earlier, so they couldn't say the word clone at Marvel. So they come up with some yeah. basically... I think, genetic, it was an, I think it was an editorial memo, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like weird genetic... Basically, it was a genetic duplicate. It was a copy, yeah. Yeah. Basically, it was a clone. But you can't say it's a clone. <laughs> no. But he was a clone. Um, but I just liked how he was written, and it was interesting. Like you'd have flashes where he would start remembering part of like, like in in the storyline I, I was, I was going to look at was uh, Uncanny X Men three forty two to three forty four, where it's a phalanx story, and there's part of it where he sees them uh, treating the Shi'ar as like prisoners and putting them into camps, basically. And he's watching this, and he's getting flashbacks of the Holocaust, and he's like, never again. And he can't explain why he's having these emotional responses, but he just feels so strongly like this cannot happen again. I can't let this happen on my watch. So I like the idea of pieces of, of the Magneto that we knew creeping in through this somewhat heroic character and also the fact that, you know, you had the Gambit and Rogue romance at that time, yep. so they had Joseph... Well, it was the triangle. Yeah. Because well, in 342, it's more of a Joseph Rogue issue. At that point, yeah. Because he, he'd, he'd already given her his, her nice uh, Christmas gift yeah. with the giant orbiting space thing. Which makes no her. sense, because people in Genosha have already made a collar. Yeah. Okay. okay, what Adam's referring to is that Joseph creates this machine, this technology that can neutralize her powers. And it's so like for, the floor of a building. For Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, it yeah. was. No, and then giant. he yeah. lifts it out of the like the X-Mansion somehow, which is never explained. And then brings it, powers. he levitates it to New York where they're all going shopping, and then brings her up to a rooftop and then kisses her on the, not on any, the forehead. Not any rooftop. This was the Empire State Yeah, building. it's really yeah. high up. And she's like, don't do it. And then she like lets him kiss her, which is weird. Because she's freaking out. She lets people kiss her. Colossus has done it. (laughs) She's constantly letting people kiss her. Well, she kisses them to get their powers, which I've always loved about Rogue, and I'll talk about her later. Um, She does that in in certain video games. Oh, yeah, yeah. Power. In Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Yeah, Yeah. she'll grab you and... She loves you. She'll love you all. (laughs) But I thought that was a very sweet moment where he gave her a little kiss on the forehead. And that was the first time I thought that there's more to Joseph than what I thought there was before. Yeah, and I also liked at the time like you had Joseph meeting Quicksilver and what that kind of relationship was yeah, like. Yeah, that was and awkward. It was awkward, but it was interesting. And again, a lot of it doesn't mean as much now because he is just a clone. But at mm-hmm. the time, we really thought this was the real Magneto. But you know what? Even if he's a clone, I think that, that stuff... I think you could go back and reread the stuff, the interactions with Quicksilver, and it's still a very interesting character study of Quicksilver. No, like, it is. What do you do if you had a dad your whole life? He's kind of been an absentee father. And you've always associated him with being this essentially this mass murder terrorist, and now this is a younger copy of himself. I usually think of my dad as being a mass murdering well, terrorist. Well, no, it's pretty I, I, standard. Yeah, I mean, in in anyone's case, if you have a dad who's been a disappointment to you or yeah. has not been lived up to your expectations, uh, and there was a fantasy story like The Outer Limits, and yeah. all of a sudden you met your dad when he was a younger man, what would you say to him? Would you be able to talk to him the same way? Would you be able to forgive him? All that stuff, yeah. I think, is still. A character study of Pietro. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I agree completely. Now, unfortunately, Joseph has been... Uh, when they killed him, that was probably the best thing that happened to him. Because it was a nice way of getting him off the map. Again, late 90s, if you have a clone, you have to get rid of them quickly. And, and make sure they die. 
Oh, right? I mean, that's what happens to clones in the 90s. Uh, but then they brought him back a year ago, and it was an awful storyline that didn't explain why he was back, why he was wearing Magneto's costume, why he was a, a full-out villain now. Uh, and now I believe he's dead again. Yeah. Yeah. So they didn't need to bring him back just to slaughter his reputation as once being a somewhat interesting character. So that's why I put him on my list. That was the Magneto Not a Hero storyline, correct? Yeah, yeah, not worth reading at all. Well, a little for the Magneto portrayal, but not for the way Joseph was assassinated. All right. So, who want to talk about next? Paul? I'm hurt. Why? All I've had is Yeah, it's, it's Amber's turn. Oh, let's go back to Amber, yeah. Okay. Bounce around wherever you want. Yeah. Who you got? I want to talk about Jean. Well, I okay. think because we her. had more crossover <laughs> yeah, characters. Yeah, exactly. no, we have no crossover. Um, You're special. Yeah. Because so, I have unique tastes in my X-Men, apparently. I didn't think I did. More unique than Joseph? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. take care. I actually thought about Joseph because of that one scene, and then I'm like, no, that's the only Joseph comic yeah. I've read, so I can't really it's like really him. It's really the only one you need to read. Yeah. <laughs> well, hold on. Him against like the hot phalanx Magneto. is cool. It's not really even him against the phalanx. It's the team against the phalanx. I know, but he yeah. was a big part it of it. He was there. So was Beast. He was, and plus I was Back on, on Trish Tilby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in her mining outfit. Squeezing her into that outfit. Like, why do you need to be in an outfit? Just like, because it's skin tight, and Beast is like 10 4, gives a thumbs up. Like, I don't understand why. I know, I know. Find my stairs and garbage. For mining safety. It'd be great if, like, Mining safety. Okay, Jean Grey. Yeah. I'm trying to touch you. Oh. <laughs> That's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> it's creepy when I touch my wife okay. on the shoulder. Jean Grey, I love because she is like the most powerful woman in the Marvel U. And I know, like, oh, not, she was... Not usually written that way. No, not usually written that way. Certainly not written that way in the cartoon. <laughs> oh, God, no. Can you please do this? Wolverine! <laughs> Cyclops. Scott! Yeah, I like to do the Jean voice. It's, I'm awesome. But at least that's going to move stuff. Like, yeah. like, Jean, can you give me that fork off the table? And she's like, I'll use my powers. And it's just like, she passes goes, out. Passes out. And, and Sue Storm was the same way fork in the 90s heavy. um Fantastic Four oh, yeah. cartoon. Because she was, like, everything was a chore. Yeah. Yeah, but so many of my favorite X-Men stories center around Jean or Phoenix. Okay. And, like, I'm saying like too much. But just, she is this... Powerful redhead who all the men love. And there you go. If I were in the Marvel, I would want to be her. Okay. And that, there's no other character in the Marvel U that I can point to that mm. I'm like, yes, that is the character I want to be because she is just the most awesome. Like, she is unlimited in her potential with her telekinesis because you know, like she's like, well, she's no, she's an Omega level. Yeah. And she's like one of the few Omega levels on Earth. It depends if you're AOA. If you're AOA, you're an Alpha level. If you're in the six one six, it's Omega you're level. You're Omega level. Yeah. But like, she's great in AOA too. Um, when she's, I love her in anyway. She's fantastic there, and she's like this hardcore leader of the team, and she's with Wolverine finally, and they're like hot Wolverine Jean action, <laughs> and it's great. Yeah, they're married. And, yeah, and I love it, and yet she still has this connection with Cyclops, and I love the Jean and Cyclops relationship, and I don't think I don't think she held him back. I think she made him a character, hmm. and I think his most poignant moments are when he's like thinking about her and his relationship with her and the most dickish thing he does is because he loves her so much. Like, one of his most unique moves yeah. apart from being leader is because of Jean and she she was the catalyst for so much of what his character did and through her own being awesome and, like, becoming a supervillain and going insane and being in the Hellfire Club and she just had such this dynamic history and she's amazing and I love it. <laughs> one thing I want to point out, I, I don't, okay, as a character, I don't think she was, uh, G. Gray was necessarily holding Cyclops back. I think from a writing standpoint, her Perhaps. being around 
was limiting what writers would do with well, the character. Especially when they say that a character that gets married is more limited. I disagree with that, because Reed and Sue are not limited because they're married. But no. a lot of people feel that way. But Peter and, and uh, Mary Jane... Yeah. I almost said Peter and Gwen. I'm like, oh. Um, or, or Psych and, and uh, the Redhead, right? Like, yeah. it, But now Psychops is in an almost monogamous relationship with Emma. With Emma. She, just keeps, she just keeps flandering with like... Yeah, more he's, stuff. He's, it's over now. He's completely monogamous. In his heart, he's monogamous. <laughs> yeah. um, and what, would you say that his Emma relationship has binded him and, and brought him... No, it hasn't at all. I think the absence of Gene made his devotion to the dream more ardent. Because... Because he didn't have anything I, else. I think he's, because he's lost been, everything. Well, he's always been married to the dream. And I think Gene was a slight distraction from the dream in some ways. Or, I don't think Gene would have allowed Cyclops to lose his way. I think you're or right. Or go in certain directions. I think you're right. She's a moral compass in her but way. But did he really he? lose his way? Or did he just yes. do what he had to... Well, some would say from like a moral point of view, he has done immoral things. And that's compromised the integrity of, of this dream. Of the, of he the, does it so other people don't have to. Or the legitimacy of, of the claim that look, we can create a, 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 a liberal society where people respect each other. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason why Martin Luther King Jr. is revered as this kind of the man that he is, mm. and why Malcolm X, because he used more extreme methods or advocated for more extreme methods, is looked upon as kind of like the dark side of that of the civil rights movement. He's more radical. Yeah, um, and certainly with people like you know Che Guevara, who um, <laughs> killed people in 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 the, in the revolution for his country, right? Um, so revolutionaries who tend to get more violent are looked at as less legitimate. They're even marginalized. Though, even though that whole, like, is murky moral grounds anyway, because people say the same thing about, like, um, George Washington, that he was no saint. Um, but I'm not, you know, to go there for this. But it's for Cyclops, like, I do agree that Gene may have kept him from going that way. And Gene, I think, is still an interesting character without Cyclops. And that may be a controversial statement, because she was always, always with him. But I think just... The, the force of her personality and when she was in new x-men and you know they got trapped in that alternate reality um logan and gene and like they didn't know if they'd ever get back and he's trying to hit on her and she's still like she's got her noble force of character as an individual that she's like no it doesn't matter i'm still with cyclops and she's and even though cyclops was like a, a dick to her and had the motor oil incidents and stuff she was always just this this remarkable woman who, like, she went insane and had the Phoenix Force, and all these X-Men men who have had this kind of trauma in their past are just so, they're so damaged by it. And Jean, I don't know if it's because the writers, like, were ignoring her past as Dark Phoenix or because she wasn't really Dark Phoenix. She was in a pod, and the Phoenix was just using a clone, blah, 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 mm -hmm. and, like, her whole history. Maybe that's what it is, but she seemed to be able to recover from that. And I she do, still I had do issues. I think that is part of it. I think that, that, that it people wasn't really her. Don't so. know what to make of her because some of her most iconic moments technically yeah. aren't her. Because her right for her the record, her killing herself in Dark Phoenix is yeah, extremely powerful because she yeah, that was she knew story, that she had to kill herself. That's not technically her. Yeah. yeah. So for the record, how many times has Jean Grey died? Once. Once. How many times has she been resurrected? Zero. She's Zero. never been resurrected. She's like I one know, of the last characters it, that's been killed. In all of comicdom, people t are saying... I always disagree with that. Yeah. I, it is, I know. They have top ten lists about most resurrected characters. And they're like, well, Jean Grey's died and come back so many times. No, she's died once and come back zero times. Well, yeah. didn't she kind of die in that Morrison storyline before she became Phoenix now. again? What do you mean? Well, because didn't Morrison Wolverine gut her? And then the Phoenix Force kind of took over after she's about to die? And then, yeah. and then, uh, and then Magneto. So then, then Zorn gave her the aneurysm that killed yeah. her. That's yeah. not really. I a hated death that death. death. I really hated. Oh, yeah. it's a terrible death. 
But in terms of like the sacrifice on the moon, that was the Phoenix Force that had absorbed so much of Jean that she acted yeah. as though Jean would, would Jean would have done the same thing. And I believe that Jean would have done that. Yeah. yeah that, and so that's technically what happened. But it's the yeah. same thing with like Final Fantasy VII. Everyone's like Sephiroth is the greatest villain ever. If you play that game, mm-hmm. Sephiroth does not appear in the entire game. Technically, it's not him until the very last scene in the um, in what is it called in the northern uh, crater. All the other instances of him killing Aerith, like when he kills her in that famous scene, that's not Sephiroth. That's like an image of him doing it. So when, when you actually break it down, like people talk about Sephiroth as one thing, but if you play the game and follow the story, it's another. Jean Grey's always talked about as this one character who dies in this ruined comics. She actually hasn't. So, um, uh, Xavier has died way more times. Yeah, but it's still... Yeah, Xavier's died so yeah. many times. It's ridiculous. It's always getting shot in the head and whatnot. Yep, but like changeling thing. Just the fact that she has this whole weird retconned, manipulated past is really interested interesting to me too and like all the redeeming features of the phoenix are gene and the fact that gene was this special individual that a cosmic force came and chose her as like Mm. this lone mutant that like you are going to be my experience and despite the fact that the phoenix force has been with like Rachel, and it's been with that Chiar dude, it's and been it's with been, everyone, it's been with everyone. You need everyone. to read like, AVX. The Phoenix Ember Force, is very close to reading know, AVX, I and it. I really think she's going to like but, it. But, like, the Phoenix oh. Force is a whore now. You, but you also it have to read Handful of Dust. You have to read what? Handful of Dust. Uh, that's comic. in the hardcover, I think. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So and you know what? I have to read that. That storyline, all these storylines that reference Gene, like, Ensong is really beautiful. Yeah. Um, And all the references to Gene in AVX are some of the most profound moments. Like, the Handful of Dust story where he goes to the moon and reconstructs Gene out of moon dust and has a conversation with her. Or even when, like, he's Dark Phoenix out and, like, he sees her and she's telling him no. Like, really powerful stuff. That's the best. And so it's almost sad that Gene is better dead. Because it's very powerful, like... And Song and the moments of Gene in AVX are both some of the most powerful Gene scenes. There's yeah. a storyline that I really liked that I thought... Because Gene's, to me, almost become like an angelic character in the Marvel U. Yeah. And yeah, I'd say so. I, I kind of like it if they did that and with I her, think actually. It's, there was this, this scene... I don't even she remember what's from. She has a school named after her now. She yeah. does, and she has acted like a guardian angel to some certain characters. And that would be very interesting. Because they did this stupid mm-hmm. angel storyline with Punisher. Where they made him some kind of <laughs> oh, avenging yeah. angel garbage in Marvel Knights. That was but doesn't DC have a character? Isn't that what happened to Green Lantern? Didn't he become ascended and become some sort of uh, guardian uh, he, angel? He was, after? He, no, he was Spectre. Yeah. What, 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 so Spectre's nothing like that. Spirit is, of Vengeance. Is there, Vengeance. Is there a character? Is, so is that kind of like that? Is there a character mm. in DC that is like this? No. Someone who's died and become a guardian. So maybe Marvel could tread some Not ground really, with no. it. But... Well, now they have Young Jean, so they and Bendis. Yeah, Retro. they have a Young Jean now, and yeah. Hope is also awesome because she's raised by Cable. So how could you not be awesome? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But, there's a really nice in the latest issue of uh, On You X Men issue number five. There's a nice uh, splash page of when Jean reads Beast Mine to find oh, out what happened. All of her history. Oh, oh, and it shows lots of the clips of her little history. And if you use the, that Marvel AR app thing with your smartphone, it'll uh, it. It uh, takes every panel and tells you what issues they were from and what it oh, references. That's really cool. It's kind of neat, um, especially stuff, some stuff I didn't know what it was. So it references, you know, her and uh, like it's really well done. Yeah. So I'm hope I don't know, still don't really know where they're going with the the original five now being back on a permanent basis. What they're going to do with it, but uh, it's so far it's been. It's nice to have Gene back because it's a different Gene, but it's still yeah, Gene. Yeah, like, not a clone. So at this not point, a clone. But, like, she's also now become, not just, like, in her past self, this sort of angelic figure, but now she's, like, the hope for, she's hope, she's the future of the mutant race because she's so pivotal. And I, I don't remember the issue, I'm going to say it, and Correct. maybe someone will know, 
But there was an issue where Wolverine got, like, burned to the skeleton. And it was sort of an exploration of his powers. And Nitro, like, burned him yeah, down. Yeah, that's in his Civil War and, yeah, Wolverine stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he saw Gene when he was, like, oh, they all see floating her. in the miasma. But that's Sc- why... Scott and Cyclops... Are, but, sorry, Scott. Uh, Cyclops and Wolverine a, are always seeing her when they almost that's die. That's what I'm saying. She's this kind of character. Because he's, like, dead and it was, like... He was burned down, and she was there, and she's who we saw, and we're like, is he seeing, like, the psychic essence of Jean, or is it just a hallucination of Jean? Mm-hmm. But it was just the fact that, even though she's been dead for so many years, and out of the Marvel U for so many years, that's who he saw, because she's so important, and she's so, and she's my favorite character, I should have saved her for last, but I love her. Okay. Um, isn't there also a reference in a recent Wolverine story when he was possessed by that demon, and, and being, um, his body was technically as a demon, but in his inner psyche... I think Emma might have gone in with Shadowcat or something and had to unlock this big, this locked up door, but it was Jean behind it or something. A big repressed, mm. like, unlock this and this was. Was it Jean or was it Rose? Oh, yeah. That was... they, did they say Jean? No, they didn't actually. Because in the yeah. Mean storyline, when he reverses to a little boy, doesn't he, like, reference Rose or something? I think he, he, does. Says, he says mm-hmm. Rose. Yeah. One of, my, one yeah. of yeah. the comics I think I mentioned on the Wolverine episode, that my favorite Wolverine issues, he's in the afterlife and there's a redhead and he's talking to him, but he can't see her face. And he keeps thinking it's Jean, and it's not. It's Rose and at yeah. the end, and and he goes back to living, and she's just like, "This isn't our time." My favorite James. line from that storyline um, by Whedon is when he says, "I saw her undercurve about, <laughs> and, about Emma Frost." He's like all astonished. That <laughs> <laughs> is one of the greatest lines by Whedon ever. Uh, <laughs> so let's uh, move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. So you want to go back one more, Amber, or one? More? Uh, we'll give everyone one more because once we get the Iceman the three of us will have an Iceman frenzy now. yes we'll have an Iceman <laughs> frenzy yeah. um, I guess I can go on to Kitty now because nobody else had I, I, she, I, I asked her just before you guys came in see I would have thought you would say Kitty Adam before G- Joseph really? yeah No. I, well she's more of a character I like her yeah she is <laughs> but uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't put my finger on anything in my mind if you were in the Marvel Universe and you were at the mansion at the same time you would have dated Kitty yeah, she's the girl that would have caught your eye, and I feel like she's not Joseph. No, I, <laughs> so Joseph. Uh, has, what's, your, what's your reality? Like, I feel He's like got it, it, there, in many ways, Kitty is it has a lot of anal- analogs to your wife in real life. The, the sweetness mm-hmm. and like the the sincerity and so. and, the, and the intelligence. So I feel like her name starts with a K. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Even the curly hair. Like I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot. She's not the same person, but. If Amber's going to go and become Phoenix in the in the in the Marvel universe, then I feel like like your wife would become Kitty. Like okay. she's she's really close in that in many ways. Interesting. So I have unpredictable. And then I guess you have to be Adam X the extreme. <laughs> Come on, we all know that's, that's what I'd be. <laughs> Pete Wisdom. I think uh, I think you'd be better as Janice. Um, I think you'd be better as Janice. Janice Vell. Pre crazy. Pre crazy. Yeah. Yellow. Yeah. What a goose I am. <laughs> Okay, so describe. Um, so Kitty, so yeah. what is it about Kitty? Uh, I was first introduced to Kitty in an X Men novel, actually. Really? Which one? When they, um, it was one aimed at teens, and it was the Days of Future Past. Okay, I think I may have read it. Yeah, she came back, and in, she was like Days of Future Past Kitty, and in the novel, she was teleported into the body of current Kitty, and she was like in a danger room that's session. That's what happened in the comic. That's yeah. right behind me. Yeah. So I, I didn't actually read the comic, but I read her in that story, and I really liked her there. And it is because she is so much a character. And when Whedon wrote her in Astonishing, and she was just like such a strong female character, yeah, it was she was great. And when she's coming back into the school and they have that double panel with Xavier's and it jerk, was gorgeous and, work. Mm-hmm. Like she's a great instructor, but she's still got like these these insecurities mm-hmm. because she's not the most powerful. And she's just her 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 relationships with men 
she's not at all defined by the by the men she's been with. Like, she has great relationships, but when she's alone, it's not like, oh, she should be with this guy, or she should be with this guy. I guess that's and true. And when she sacrificed herself in the giant bullet to phase it through the earth. That was pretty that awesome. That was amazing. Out of context, yeah. also an amazing <laughs> sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, that's pretty cool. The like, giant space bullet. Remember that one? <laughs> I do. She's this great hero, and again, she's... I, I really respect her for her stability of mind, too. Okay. That's um, interesting. Because mm. she she always keeps it together. And, like, I know they throw it out that she's, like, you know, she's Jewish or she's, like, she's, like, randomly these different traits. But I think she just embodies so much more. That she is sweet and she's kind, but she's also, like, hardcore. And I love that one issue when she's, like, leading um, Sabretooth through the sewers and he's all muzzled, and she just, like, puts her fist in his head. On Kenny X-Men Annual, I don't remember the number. I don't know. 1992. Oh, you lose. But just, like, that kind of, like, <laughs> she's this tiny little 12, girl, but she puts her fist in someone's head, and she's just confident, and yet insecure. She seems very real. Mm. Okay. And much like Jubilee, she was the entrepreneur of her day. Yeah. Yes, and because was. computers were the new thing in yeah, the 70s, and she was, she was, she was a computer computers. girl. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Jubilee was like the mall rat, which was a very late 80s, early 90s yeah. So kind she's of. more nerdy and therefore more identifiable in that way, too. I can. I think one of the problems I had with Kitty Pride is because I almost. I think there's three Kitty Prides. There's young Kitty Pride, which was, was 14 years old. And then there's the adult, you know, superhero who's mainly an Excalibur, and then comes back to the X Men, and and then so she's more like the twenty, the twenty something uh, Kitty Pride, and then there's current Kitty Pride who's a full adult who's training the next generation, and I feel like there's such separate versions of the character. Are they? I don't yeah. know about that. I feel no, like that, I feel like you're describing an evolution of a person. No, it is an evolution of a person, but I think it, it, it was hard for me to really like I, a lot of the Kitty stories I like are her as the ingenue, like. Some of the most iconic Kitty storylines are when she is just this fourteen-year-old girl. But you can't have her Jordan Jordan Jordan. No, she can't be, and I like that she's evolved. But I just I noticed that when I was looking at like I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the I'm not a huge fan of the current era. Although I did like the work in Astonishing, I prefer more the '70s to '80s Kitty. Okay. No, no, I I didn't know who Kitty was. Didn't care about Kitty at all until Whedon brought her to mm-hmm. Astonishing. Okay. Like, hello. This character, yeah. where have you been? Yeah, I didn't know who you were. You were amazing, and they've only done great things with her since. So now you know why she's the draw three and, card. And and, and, and <laughs> Lockheed. And Lockheed. Lockheed's a nice companion. Does <laughs> have yeah. a dragon? Yeah. And I do she's like her. Awesome. In, Tiny purple dragon. And I like that again more when she was younger because it was more like this little girl and her dragon. Like there's just yeah, something more about Lockheed's it. Yeah, then Lockheed's like an emissary from another. I planet. like that they. <laughs> I, I know he can that. speak his own He's language. Or, sword. Yeah. He's super yeah. smart. Yeah, I do like how they've evolved him. Yeah, he even gets like outwit. I think in uh, yes, he books. does. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's also the fact that. Um, as a headmistress, she's headmistress. That's how you say it. Uh, she she, doubts, school, her, she doubts herself, yeah. though, too. Like she's she does. She's constantly like, and she's it, so real, and, and it is real in that way. And when all the teachers are getting ready on their first day, they're having their staff meeting, and they're like, "My stomach, I like I've thrown up all morning. My stomach is in knots." Like that's what it's like. At least for me, being a teacher, that's what it's like. Every time you start a new semester, it's like I have no idea what's going to happen this semester. I have no idea who's going to be in my class. You get all the super nervous, and you get like this. this feeling in your stomach and I like that she's doubting herself like how are they going to view me are they going to think of me as anything am I, am I an idiot like I, that's still very kitty but she is taking on the role of an adult and I like that she's doing that you're going to love the issue where she interviews a whole book of potential faculty members oh, yeah? for the manager, for the okay. school it's hilarious it's uh, actually interesting now she's well kind of per- we can talk about an old new X-Men we haven't read it yet but She's essentially... Pre- he's, he's pointing at me. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking <laughs> at Nate. Looking at Nate and Amber. Yeah, I'm uh, Basically, uh, she's going to be like, 
kind of Professor K, or I guess P, is kind of the way. It, it, the, uh, Paul, you've Professor read the new X Men. Yeah. Basically, the, you've seen well, the new cover the with the with the new uh, X Men. Yeah. Uh, or so the original five now being more permanent mainstays. Who's going to take care of them? comes up says, okay. "I will put them under my watch. I'll be responsible okay. for them and keep them." Yeah, because they're teams. Right. Messing so, the yeah. so the next cover that we see is 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 her, her in a big chair in, in, this, in the shadow, shadow of Xavier. Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> She's kind of leading Become the team. the master. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Which I kind of I actually really like that. But again, it, it does speak to the fact that they she's really, evolved so much. Look at the state of the original X Men now. Cyclops is on the run. Jean's dead. Warren doesn't. Warren's lost his soul. He's done. Warren isn't Warren. Um, Warren's not Warren anymore. Iceman is. Iceman. He's, he's Iceman. And then Beast is going to be. He's been mutated so many times. He's like. He's, he's, he's not he, done. He's almost being mutated again. Right. So yeah. you can he almost does like. Mutate again. You can almost get like Bobby and and Beast out of there and just like reboot everyone and be like, okay, we're done with this. Like, every, all the original X Men are gone or dead or something happened, and now we have the new teen X Men. And they're going to take over, and we're going to restart their whole. Because yeah. why not? Like either either that happens, or they're going to bring Gene back in a weird story that everyone's going to complain about. So why not just like give us the whole new X Men? Give her the oldies. Yeah. I think if they bring Gene back, this is just to me, probably not the whole rest of the audience, but they're going to have to treat it in the way they treated Origin. That it will have to be so good. Oh, okay. That like and so meaningful and so not, to the point. Why not just do gifted then? Because uh, uh, Whedon's astonishing re- uh, resurrection of Peter was so good. Yeah. But no one had a problem with it. Yeah, it'll yeah, have so to be that then, kind of resurrection. And then no one's really used Peter to do anything. Yeah. yeah. They used him a little bit, but not much. Killed someone. Yeah. Well, now properly. Now Dennis Hopeless gets to write him in Cable and X Force. Well, well. If we could only get him into space again on the space station, and he could just go around kissing people, <laughs> that would be good. Right. Yeah, Remember the space station X Men owned? Where's that space station now? It's just orbiting, isn't it? It wasn't theirs. Hey, the only person that goes ship? around kissing entire teams is Janet. Where is she? Because it's all the know. Avengers. That's how she likes it. All right. Um, anything <laughs> else? Number is that for you? Kitty. Kitty. Yeah. Where are we on your list? I, I know Jean's number one under Wolverine. Well, Kitty, and then <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> she's under oh, Wolverine. Yeah. Oh ma'am. Oh yeah. There's <laughs> Snicked Bub. So Jean, oh, Kitty, Wolverine. Jubilee. <laughs> Okay, Nate, please continue. <laughs> so we have two left on yours. Yes. Okay, so okay. Oh, we've got to get something on Balls or Adams. Well, you, how many do you still have left? Oh, you have, you have uh, I've talked about um, Psylocke. Psylocke and... Uh, okay, well, we have Iceman Cyclops. and Rogue still to, to double dip on. Yeah. Oh, we better so, look at both of them? Yeah. Okay. So I have a cable that was singular for me. Oh, please do. Please okay. give us a cable story. Give us a cable. He's gotta go. You go cable, then I'll do mine. No, no, no. Amber, you want to give that? What? Do the quote. He's evil and he's gotta go. And also, I, the wild man of Borneo. <laughs> Who cares? I love that cable. The cable in the cartoon is also brilliant. That's my, again, my first introduction to cable was yeah? in the cartoon. Yeah, okay. nice. so you see this badass soldier from <laughs> yeah. the future come t- kick ass with diminished shoulder pads. Eh? They toned those down. Yeah, they did tone them down a lot. They always had the really big gun, right? Yeah, yeah really big oh, gun. Oh man, he was, he was just a killer character right off the bat. Um, I absolutely adore cable, mm. and but I love the soldier cable. Right, the cable that you get to see uh, in Messiah Complex, the cable you get to see in some. Okay, and Soldier Rex. I thought you meant Soldier Rex, <laughs> and then I was going to no, have no, to punch no, you in the face. Messiah Complex. Okay. Um, I love the, the Soldier. I, and I was even okay with um, when we had the Sepapula stuff, when we had the vibes around the neck, the crazy. I like that. I, I like the, uh, the scimitar. Right. The scimitar. I love the scimitar. The scimitar concept. So cable. I, they did that to degun him, didn't they? Basically, yeah. To a certain extent, yeah. They wanted to play with him some more. Um, but they wanted like it was a whole phase wasn't it where like we're going to phase out smoking 
on our characters, yeah. and we don't want characters who are heroes to have be reliant on guns. I think that's kind of. I don't think that edict really came on cable. I think they just wanted to. I remember something move about the, the gun. I think thing, they though. just wanted to move the character away from. Because people would make fun of the character because he was known for the big shoulder pads and the big guns. Hey, that spear move, the um, the uppercut in Marvel's Capcom 2. Amazing. Love it. Love it. 15 hits. Yeah, he knocks you up into this atmosphere. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. great. And then, of course, with the Gene Splice by Cyclops. But I always thought he was saying Gene, as in my lover, Splice. <laughs> no, no, no. And apparently it's G-E-N-E. Yes, Gene. To this day, I still believe it's J-E-A-N. Oh, okay. Gene Splice, because he has to say it. <laughs> What, what is that about? I don't know. I don't know. Why did you say that? Why even? Why would it be G E N E splice though? If you're being an uppercut, he's punching them so hard, and then he, he hits them with his fist and then blasts One them with a blast. blast. Yeah. yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. Oh, we gotta play that game after this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So cable. What is it about cable? It, it's it's the the badass soldier. I love like yeah. he just comes in and he takes no shit for nobody. There's but, nothing yeah. wrong with him. Yeah. <laughs> but the, well, there is because they always there throw is. him everywhere. Right, yeah. and they yeah. always change what, to do what he can do. Yeah. Oh, his so powers have changed right? multiple yeah. times. The infonet garbage that yeah. he did for a while didn't mind it. Garbage. Shut up. <laughs> um, you had, and then in Cable, Deadpool, they were a constant. Like he gets like all the power cosmic now because he's unleashed yeah. his full potential. He's like breaking Silver Surfer's board, and then kind of cool, but a little. And then they toned it back again. Yeah. And then, Whoa, yeah. you're way too crazy. Yeah. We gotta kill that. Yeah, they brought it way too far back. Yeah. So they've done some really cool stuff with him, but there's a lot of nonsense too. Um, and, and even now, like, they always want to kill the poor guy. Because, yeah. okay, you've been cured of your legacy virus, yeah. you're not long enough to die but wait a minute, you got a brain tumor now. So you're still going to die. For fuck's sakes! Why can't they Sorry. just get Elixir on but, that business? I don't understand. Yeah, like, Where is Elixir? Where has he been? I don't know. After he left X-Force, no one's talked about him. Yeah, yeah. he just went away, and now... Him and Wither he, he was healing people, and... I think, during X, uh, Nekosha X, but after yeah, that... Yeah, but after that, what happened? He doesn't show up in AVX, to my no, knowledge. No, and he might have been... Which, Cable, uh, as we mentioned on our AVX podcast, Cable was completely absent from one of the most important storylines for him, God, don't even as well guess. as for Hope, yeah. which takes Blue, off Paul When they originally Blue. wrote it, he was supposed to be in it, and then they took him out. Whole, terrible choice. Stupid. I agree, it's Stupid. dumb. Yeah. And even now they they kind of tiptoe around it because hope is now back. Where were you, Dad? That's oh, you know, I, you're a big girl. You could do it. Oh, thanks, Dad. I love you. <laughs> what? No, that's ridiculous. There's some Someone of these characters just freaked out. Some of these characters like Cable and Bishop who have this purpose and they come back in time for. And once that purpose is resolved, like with Bishop and Onslaught, they don't know what to do with them. And then Cable's the same way. They, they've killed Apocalypse several times. And every time they do, Cable just like goes off around the world. The one time they need him to resolve a long-running plotline about, I raised Hope to be the mutant messiah. I raised her for this moment. He's absent. They could have done so many cool things with either having him on like Cyclops' side for a minute and then realizing things are going too far and maybe even switching sides to Cyclops, to Captain America for a I'd minute. Like, like, see him done, like fighting against his own daughter would have been cool as anything. I would have been, been okay. He just wants him and, like, at, and tries yeah. to leave her for him. He's like, I can't accept this responsibility. It could have been so cool. It's insane what they could have yes. done. Insane. And they think about like, every event, Civil War, Gar- they didn't do anything with him. Uh, well, Civil War, they don't really, it's not as necessary. I think that the ABX was the big No, absolutely. It was key, but they, yeah. put, they shuffle Cable around and they always miss opportunities with him. Well, was I Mazai Complex. Complex was amazing for Cable. Absolutely. Yeah. They, what? Got, they got a new Apocalypse. No, that's and his fair. Whole cable is should have appeared there. And he's yeah. like, Apocalypse is back? Where was Cable? Yeah, when, when Archangel's turning into he was Apocalypse. In the future. Oh, no, was he, was he already back uh, by then? I don't think he was. He was back by no. then. He was already back by then. He was yeah. dead by then. He should have... He was dead. He should have had... Oh, he was dead? Stop killing him. Yeah. Have him jump kick Warren in the face. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And they're like, yeah. don't, it's Warren, we love him. And he's like, it's don't like, care. He's evil, he's, he's, he's gotta, gotta go. go. He's gotta go. strength. That scene yeah. in like, um, um, what's that four-part story uh, in the X-Men cartoon show about Apocalypse? 
Oh, what, Beyond Time and Space? Beyond, is that Beyond Time and... No, yeah. no not Beyond Good and Evil. Beyond Good and Evil. And then when yeah. he, they attack the pyramid, and it's just him in the dark with Apocalypse, and Apocalypse is shooting, and you can't see him. Like, whenever yeah. You see little flashes? Yeah, flashes, and he's like running up a wall, like shooting up like one-on-one with a friggin' Apocalypse. I lost my mind as a 15-year-old. I yeah. couldn't believe how awesome that was. And then you can't tell me how cool it would have, what would have been cool from the jump kick Warren in the face. It's interesting, he never had any and, like, powers. Like, take out Nemesis on his own, yeah. and like, oh! Because I don't think he'd had his you. powers established yeah. at that time. They had established them by the time they were midway through the show but they never really showed him. But they didn't him. give him to him initially no, so they it's didn't hard want to, to like, backpedal on this show no. and be like he's actually the son of Cyclops and Jean. And they didn't show like Alita and everything or whatever. Yeah. Well not Alita. Um, Tyler. Alia. Alia. <laughs> Alia. Yeah. They showed Tyler. Which is fine. Like, so your, what's your favorite cable story? <sighs> I don't know if you can hear this but that was a massive story. exhale. That was, a big, that was a big sigh. Oh god! I think it relates to the animated series. Yeah, my side complex. My side complex. Yeah, yeah. complex. That gave yeah. him a great. That was such a great book because yeah, he had a purpose and you didn't know what it was. Actually, everyone felt like they had a purpose for once in a long time. Yeah. In a major crossover, we're, too, we're intermingling like, the evolution of characters into this discussion. And Paul's already brought up the problems they've had with trying to evolve Cable and not knowing what to do with him. And that was just one of those moments in the last ten years where it felt like the ex editors and the writers were on the same kind of track and they knew what to do with everybody in that book. And yeah. then after that, it just kind of interesting. Fell apart. But like two or three months before that, again they killed him off in like the supernova. Add me the air quotes again. Yeah, I did air quotes. They killed him off. I know he's and died more than Gene. Yes. Oh, a lot more. Yeah. In like ridiculous ways. Like yeah. even at the end of Executioner's Song, he died there. Kind of. I like Executioner's Song. I know he did. Okay, so are we three or that four? That poem in Executioner's Song. Is two left. Two left. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so I've Paul, got. I think Adam has to do one. Yeah, yeah, and, we, and we have both. Okay. Now, does anyone else have Beast? No, no, don't I care about Beast. Beast. I, I like that. He's one of those characters I like that is around. That's kind of my problem with it. I, I really enjoy Beast. I enjoy him both as an Avenger and as an X-Man. I enjoy Ms. Dark Beast, too. Yeah. Kelsey Grammer, good choice. <laughs> you know, no. yeah. yeah. I actually liked it. He was, if not for the fact that Kelsey was doing it just for the paycheck. Like, he doesn't care about the role. I, hope, yeah, I but, hate Kelsey Grammer. He's a oh, tool. He <laughs> Anyways, I think, you know what? I think they, they embrace some of the physicality of the character. Not all of it, obviously. Well, but no, he was not a bounding beast in that movie. He was not bounding, but he seemed powerful, like, very strong. And I like that about him. Um, I, do you, oh, actually, a beast question, everyone. Do you prefer ape, well, or... Kitty cat? Or kitty cat. Or no cat fur. Or, or no fur at or all. Or big hands. Or big hands. Um, I have to say, my favorite interpretation of the character is Andy Cooper's um, Bestial Beast. Okay. Can't be beat. But I still like seeing Dark Beast around, because it reminds me of that. Okay. Amber? Which beast? When you close your eyes, which one, which is the one you see? Do you see the one from the cartoon? Yeah. Or, yeah. That's the one I see. Also a brilliant but voice actor. I like actor. Kitty Cat Beast. He did such... The script for him in that cartoon, where they were quote... Like, they actually got poets and yeah. had him quoted. That means these writers did research for actual literary now, poets. Amazing. Uh, you probably already knew this, but in the first X-Men movie, when uh, the guy who drops Rogue off... off sorry. Drops Rogue off yeah, at that place, that's, yeah. that's the Because I recognize him from, what, like, North of 60 or something? Something, I think He's yeah. in some Canadian program. He's so in I know, something, I know what he yeah. looks like, yeah. No, he's got a great voice, yeah. All the, uh, for anyone who's American out there, all the voice actors for the X-Men cartoon show are Canadian. Yeah. So if you've wondered where they're gone and you don't hear them, we hear them all the time. I hear Cyclops' voice on the radio constantly for stuff. And Xavier's sure. done, like, Mandarin commercials, which is a restaurant Yeah, and I met, I met Xavier. It yeah. was awesome. yeah. So uh, take care, guys. You suck. It was, it was the greatest. Great. The greatest. I'm sorry. The greatest cartoon show ever, voiced entirely by our people. <laughs> our people. Yeah. The Canadian. We're just oh, stamping it there. Canada. <laughs> wow. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, but Beast is a hard character to really nail down a specific storyline. I do you like nail these characters, don't you? I, I do want to nail these nail characters. Some of them. <laughs> oh God. Oh, I wow. can't. Can you nail Gene? I don't have a penis. <laughs> I can't nail anyone. 
This penis ending conversation. <laughs> anyway. Wow. Does Beast have a penis? Yeah. Don't know anymore. I don't know anymore. It's like a cat penis. Have you ever seen one? <laughs> it's under all that fur. Oh my god. He was with Trish, but I don't really... Well, they do say... Because she broke up because it was bestiality. Because they referenced like bestiality. Yeah, yeah they yeah, did, yeah. According to Morrison. Um, I did like that his ongoing... His, his major plotline in the 90s was the legacy virus. And although it was not always done that well... It I really did, was, yeah. I did like that his... Whenever you saw him, he was pushing himself as far as he could to try and cure this virus that was killing all, all yeah, of people. Yeah, and it people. gave him a direction. It was very much a direction for him. Because like, he never really had one. Like, he no. would always kind of like, he was always basically dealing with his mutation. Yeah. Because when he was an X-Factor, he would be regular human, but then he was getting stupider the more he used his abilities. And it was just this weird, they never really knew what to do with him. It was this weird seesaw. And then when you actually had him, again, as eight beast, but being brilliant, and now you gave him a a puzzle to solve yeah. and that motivated the character for a decade I think the only other original X-Men besides Cyclops who has actually been evolving constantly has been Beast mm. you think about what he's or done or devolving well there's some physically ways. but as a character he's got his whole arc with the, with the legacy virus and that complete consuming guilt that he's had like I should be able to fix this more of my friends are dying every day Moira just died like this yeah. is my partner that we've been working on this and then you know his girlfriend breaks up with him after a few years of dating him because of it's referenced that he's too bestial because now she's dating an animal and then it gets to the point where he's falling out with Cyclops and saying like I cannot agree with what you're doing and now you're telling me you've hired an X-Force unit to be created in secret I'm out of here Steve Rogers is back I'm going to join his group and now he's like a secret Avenger and then all of a sudden the AVX storyline he's disagreeing with the Avengers too and he's like he doesn't even belong with any of them and like before he he tries to leave the room and Logan challenges him on it and says where are you going Hank where do you think you're going are you with us or against us kind of and he's like I don't even know anymore. Like, he's quite interesting to me where he's evolving into. Yeah, I, actually, I do like how the last few years they have him and Cyclops constantly rubbing up against yeah. one another. Yeah, um, I like that. So, really, <laughs> all that static. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, when you rub, yeah, when you rub against for, But, the, the, but like, they, 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 in some ways, Hank is almost the last bastion of Xavier's dream. Like, the purity of, of that dream. I would agree with that completely. And more yeah, than anyone else. Because Bobby doesn't care, and Warren's gone. Because what happens on your X-Men epitomizes that as well. Yeah. Although, again, yeah. I don't necessarily like the... he has some, It's so stupid what he does in all new X-Men, bringing the previous... I mean, I guess that part... Is, is he of, the catalyst to bring He's them? basically the catalyst, oh. yeah. He's okay. dying. Beast, oh. Beast is dying. He needs... Oh, so that's how they're going to kill him. So all we got to do is kill Bobby, and then we're going to replace everyone. Well, we're not going to say anything, because we've already read the storyline. Okay. But, I mean, so... Yeah, they, so he he's the reason why the X-Men come forward. So that bugs me, because that doesn't seem very in character. That being said, as the storyline progressed, I understood that he is a guy who's dying and is not in any way thinking properly. So I was able to at least reconcile it a okay. little bit. I, I think you'll really like Old New X-Men when you finally read it. Oh, I'm excited. Um, because well, it's got uh, your how many fr- issues? Five so far. It's five so far. Okay, so another Which month, the and trade. then they'll be... Now, hopefully they'll be... Oh, it's the first trade is... Five issues. You know what? I might just pick that up right away. It's a hardcover, though. Yeah, I know. I just stuck my tongue out. Don't want it. I know. I'll wait for the top cover. And, and buy unfortunately, it, that's read gonna be... it. And I'll cover your hands. Really? Wait, why don't you buy it and I borrow it from you? That works. That's bad. That was basically the same thing, right? Oh, uh, anyways, oh, and, uh, one thing I do want to at least mention as well is that as much as I love Beast, I do love Beast as an Avenger as well. He's been really cool as an Avenger. Um, you know, he's I, I I like his relationship with Wonder Man, but hasn't. He been written differently as an adventure, more of a Absolutely. quirky, yes. comedic, slapsticky kind well, of here's story, the, rather than yeah. the, the brainy scientist. They were like the odd couple. Yes and no, but here's the thing. Um, I would agree with you. Yes, he has been written differently, but then the beast of that era when he was mainly an adventure oh, no, in the no, eighties no, no. was, uh, was, cha- was he was a champ- was a champion. He was, he champion. was a champion. Yeah, yeah, the whole era was very much. Or like he that. was a secret defender. Sorry, 
And he was, it was, he was more of a happy-go-lucky yeah. character at the time. He had kind of dealt with the fact that he'd been turned into a monster. He joined the Avengers. He was really happy to be there. He became really best friends with Wonder Man. They played up them being the odd couple and him, him being kind but of but silly. My, but my question, my, my point is, when you read an Avengers book versus writing, reading an X-Men book in the same time period, where he was he written totally different on both sides? No. I always feel like even Once in the X-Men books, he was sort of like a cheerful, jovial guy, but not everyone got his humor because it was kind of above them sometimes. sometimes. Yeah. Uh, there was an issue of Kurt Busiek and uh, George Perez's... Uh, <coughs> Perez. Perez. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't do the S in the end, so I'd be like, that's why I butchered that there. Stop saying it. When George Perez was <laughs> illustrating it. Um, and they had... Uh, uh, Wonder Man was there and was back to life now so Beast showed up and Beast was acting really over the top and he kind of said that I needed a, a break from the legacy virus I, I know why they explained that retcon I really don't like the no. the Beast Adventures Beast no no, that's a personal no reference. I'm not explaining it. it's not a retcon it was just, that's well, why he was acting that, that way in that issue that, well I mean because everything else was pre him becoming more serious know, but, in but, X Factor but why X-Men. was he jovial even he, in the Avengers he just turned into a horrifying beast creature with blue fur. You know yeah, what I mean? well, they didn't want to deal with that. It's the same thing with, it's the same thing with Daredevil. Like, he's a swashbuckler and then all of a sudden he becomes all dark and disturbed and his girlfriend's got AIDS. And then... Everybody didn't actually have AIDS. AIDS. I know. I know. And then they do all this stuff with him and now he's being written by, um... Or being drawn by um, Mark, uh, Marcus Mark. Martin and uh, Mark Wade, and he's more of a swashbuckler again. It's just the interpretation. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, let's move on from that. So I've got what, two left on my list. I think got, we've all got two left. We've all got two, ever, two left. Paul and I share ours, yeah. You, um, you, you guys think of uniques. Two. Who do you have left? I know. I think we share Rogue with you, don't we? No, you share Bobby. Iceman with me. Oh, Iceman. Okay. Yeah. Sure. okay. Do you want to talk about Iceman then? Let's do Iceman. Okay. Right. Let's get him out of there. Let's get him out there. Who wants to talk about Iceman? <laughs> I have We're to say, um, I really loved Iceman in the episode of X Factor in the cartoon show. Where I first saw him, when he freezes the ice, the, uh, the fence, Depends. so yeah. super cool. And, and Jubilee the, has a crush on him. Yeah, uh, my first interaction <laughs> with him. Your first interaction wasn't Spider Man and his amazing friends. It was it was Spider Man horrifying. Um, it was a which was it was a Spider Man team up. I don't know what it was. Uh, Gwen Stacy was alive, so it's not an, it's not a. What were you reading? I was reading a reprint of a, of a comic. Okay. The cover had been drawn by McFarlane, but he was not the original cover artist. It's a Marvel Tales. T- uh, yeah. Is that what it was? It was Marvel Tales featuring Spider-Man. You know, have you read this one? I have. Where they go and fight the thugs and like Iceman's using like his, his, his yeah, yeah. His powers to it's actually them. a reprinting yes. Amazing Spider-Man 70-something right after George yeah, Stacy dies. That, that reprinting is the first introduction to me I've read of Iceman. Okay. But the cover was by, um, it was a fantastic McFarlane cover. Yeah. Brilliant. One of the best drawings I've ever seen him do. And so as a kid, I was like, oh my goodness. And I would always excitedly turn the cover over and be like, ah. Oh. You know? Because it's not the same at all. Um, it, you, went from, you went from 90s. To like Romita. To like 60s. Or sorry, 70s by that point. But whatever, right? That was my first interaction. But I didn't really love him until AOA. And I think that my love of him is way too steeped in AOA. Because first of all... Is it most aesthetically? He had no mouth. He had the, he had the Optimus Prime mouth. Because he's aesthetically awesome, and icicles spikes all over him. <laughs> that blood chill card and overpower. Blood chill card and overpower. Um, he could just do anything. He could teleport using the water molecules in the atmosphere of the Earth to teleport himself. So awesome. And and beyond that, in terms of actual storylines with him, there aren't so many because, as everyone says with Bobby, you have untapped potential, Bobby. That's all everyone says to him. Like you're a joker you're too and you're much funny. Of a jokester. If you right. focus, you could be super. That's his powerful. whole story. It's basically Chandler Bing, right? He spent too much time being sarcastic and became nothing until I guess the last season of Friends when he quits his job and tries to be, make something of himself. And that's what I feel like Wolverine the X Men's doing. 
they have this whole conversation with, between Logan and Bobby, and he's like, "Look, Bobby, your whole life's been a joke." He's like, "I know what you're gonna say, Dad. He you're having a lecture." An he was the in the sixties, <laughs> and then he says to Bobby in the same conversation, "I need you to step up." And Bobby goes, "Step up." And he's like, "Step up." He's like, "When? You'll know when the time is right." And then the panel ends, and then later on in the storyline, they need him to step up against the new Hellfire Club, and he just like becomes awesome. He just decides to become awesome. I'm AOA Bobby now, and I'll make all the water molecules turn to like. Ice golems, and I'll save the whole mansion. I'm like, bullcrap. Didn't have to work for it. They didn't even give him, like, a training montage a la Rocky Four. Nothing. He just became <laughs> awesome. Don't yeah, buy it. I, do, I did like that for years he, he battled the fact that he felt inferior because of what Emma Frost had done. He, oh, yeah, the whole... Uh, she took over his was mind. That, was the did, cover on the cover? It was like, something is ice or chill... Uh, cold her, as ice or something? Yeah, something like that. Something like, I do remember that. So like, so like, And I like... That drove him for years. Yeah. And plus... But the, then he didn't do anything with it. No, unfortunately. And, there and were, then X-Men 50, when he broke his chest, when Post broke open his chest, and he like... He didn't even to, know if he could turn back into... I know, him. it was so cool. He thought he might be dead. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and then I love his word bubbles around yeah. the time of Onslaught. When they made right. icy word bubbles, and, and then Johnny flamey. had flamey ones. Yeah, they had So cool. Why did they stop that? It's so cool. When actually in uh, in Operation Zero Tolerance, I loved when he came out of basically retirement. Yes, and saved the whole story, save everybody. That 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 was again like I had known of Iceman. And then Uncanny X Men three forty with his dad, which oh he has it. Got it right here. What a great cover. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, It's I mean it's interesting. We had this, and then after this, you had Operation Zero Tolerance. So you had an, an arc for a few years that had been building that. Uh, Iceman had problems with his dad, and his mm-hmm. dad had unreal expectations and didn't respect him. And then he finds out uh, that his dad basically gets hassled by Graven Creed yep. uh, supporters. And he stands up for his son. And so standing up for his son, and for, sorry, for mutants in general. Yeah, and then and they then, beat him within an inch of his life and, and put him in a hospital. And Graven Creed does that, no, finally figuring out that Bobby is 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 an ex basically yep. is a mutant and uh yeah it's a very it's a very upsetting issue but it's strong and r- right from here you then go to when we see him in operation zero tolerance he's with his dad he's at his dad's bedside we never see his dad again yeah actually unfortunate. which is I'm, is he still recuperating like is he but all right at least bobby <laughs> steps up you know yeah he stepped up and he he became you know became kind of this mentor this new team of x-men which didn't go anywhere afterwards yeah, it's true which was so sad because that's bobby's whole story i know he doesn't go anywhere he starts something and doesn't go anywhere and I feel like as an evolution of a character, he just hasn't evolved. I don't care what Jason Aaron's done to him now. That's not really an evolution. He just decided to make him awesome for a comic. It's true. Well, let's hope this will be the springboard for him to now be awesome. move with it, right? Maybe. But, I mean, even AOA, Bobby came into our universe, yeah, and then they tremendous. had to kill him because he, like, he like, went insane. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, which is a shame. I, I would love to have him be Omega level. If anyone has... He has control over water molecules, like in the air. Yeah. That's yeah. a really powerful ability. Well, you would think after Wolverine took care of that one, that was his inspiration to go, hey, Bobby, I know what you can do based yeah. on what this other Bobby can do from this alternate timeline. Yeah, I didn't even mention that, did he? Right? Well, not yeah. in so many words, but that's probably part that's of maybe, why. Yeah, maybe what he saw. That yeah. He knows. yeah, that's a good point. But Bobby doesn't know. Uh, whatever. I just think it was too easy, and I don't think he's really become much of a character. And I don't think anything has really interested me since Operation Zero Tolerance with him. No, I would agree. I, but we I, want him to be awesome, right? We all like the yeah. character. Oh, we all yeah, do. Yeah. Aesthetically, he's awesome. He just hasn't been awesome. Yeah. Cool ice bridges and everything. Yeah. And they ice just, beam and stuff. The problem is they keep playing up him being the class clown, basically Human Torch. And they don't let him grow up from that. Yeah, but, uh, but Johnny has had so much more evolution. Yes, but Bobby. then they keep devolving Human Torch as well to the same kind of point. They keep returning him to the kind of ladies' man thing. The ladies' is, man and the, and the screwball. And it's the... because it's a fun archetype, I guess. I but know, the problem is, but... even with Bobby, I'd, I'd be okay with him being a smart mouth as long as they just made his power cooler. Like, that's what they have to do. Yeah. Like, Johnny hasn't lost his ability to go Nova. 
No. Well, it's problematic when you say like you want him to follow this character. You want because he is that class clown character, and if you if he grows up, then you have to bring in a new class clown character. No, you don't. You he want can that still be a Look, he can be a smartmouth, Ch- not a clown. Chandler yeah. moves on from being a, a bachelor single guy to being like love, in love and married to a girl and being more successful. And to the last episode of Friends, I don't know why I keep referencing this, but I feel like there's <laughs> a lot of analogs here. Um, he's still a smartmouth. Sarcastic guy, and it's fine. It's interesting uh, when you mention not much has happened to him in the last, let's say, I don't know, fifteen, sixteen 15 years. years. Yep. Um, he did technically lose his powers for five minutes, and after yeah, as because um, he thought he had, because he, he thought he had. Which Are again, they going to do this? Oh no! Which I remember, I was like, oh man, they actually going to take away Ice's yeah. powers? Nope. But that, you know what? If they had, I would have been okay with it. Issues. Me too. Yeah. I actually <laughs> would have been more issues. more interested because of it. Because in, but instead, it was, uh, why did he even bother losing it? I like, feel he's stupid. more interested in losing his powers and seeing what he could become than Jubilee. Like, Jubilee she became not... Wondra. Oh man. Read New Warriors. Right, Horrible well, book. We just like him. Yeah. yeah. Cool name too. Just like uh, Maverick and Goose. So I kind of... <laughs> and Goose. You, see, you know what I was doing, did you? Yeah. I'm doing Top Gun. So, so I remember I, when they had him in that black leather costume with the jacket? Yeah. And they would have him ice up maybe his forearms and his feet? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he had a, a do-rag as well. Yeah. Oh, the, do-ra- the do-rag was ultimate. That was ultimate. Do-rag was oh, ultimate. Was ultimate. No, they did, they did an icon done. series where they took Rogue and Cyclops and mm-hmm. Iceman and like, Brian K. Vaughn did the Cyclops one. Yeah. Can't remember who did the Iceman one. When um, he was in no Europe with Angel... And Chamber, and that whore. He wasn't wearing... Oh, Stacey X. Oh, God. Yeah. He wasn't wearing yeah. the do-rag. I thought he had a do-rag on. No. Okay, well, he had something. He was Sorry. wearing the old leather. <laughs> but he had all leather, and I thought he had a... Cool the shadow, I, think, I think the, the blue shades. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the Shattered Chess moment from X-Men 50 was before X-Men uh, Uncanny 340, so yeah. That's cool. 340's the last cool. interesting... Yeah, the Shattered Chess thing was really cool. I enjoyed yeah. that. Hold well, on, 340's not the last interesting thing. OZT's after that. What's OCT? OZT, Operation Zero Tolerance. Yeah, I forget Operation Zero Tolerance. Very close I know. It's Canada. I know. OZT, not the same. Okay, uh, so it's that better. leaves... Uh, you want to talk about Rogue Glass and let yeah. these two go? Okay, okay, you guys finish up your lists. Come okay. on, Amber. So I have uh, Colossus on my list, and he's he's oh, one gosh. of those characters... Yeah. <laughs> Times were hard, but we were a family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I, I love the cartoon. My little snowflake. Iliana. Oh, um, he's more one of those characters, I guess, that I'd like that he's around than any specific story. I like his death, even though there was no preamble to it. I think that panel is really good. And I know everybody's like, oh, it was so random, and why did he just inject himself with the legacy uh, virus? I loved it, and, whatever. But I thought it was great, and I thought it was a great panel. And I like his sense of a family man, because so much of the X-Men is like, they're their own family with each other, and like, they, they so rarely see any actual blood relatives unless they're whole all tied up in the whole mutant problem issues in, in the mansion as well. But he's like, he loves his family and he's always talking about Russia and he's just a farm boy. What? You're making faces. No, I'm not making faces. I'm just uh, <laughs> gesturing to Adam. Oh, and um, he's, he's really cool that way. And his interactions with magic are cool. I'm looking forward to reading the AVX stuff where like, he becomes well, the phoenix, and I, I don't know if it's good or not, but I look forward to reading it. And I just, he's one of those no, people you know, I like I, having around. I have no problem at all with him as a member And his return five. was great. Yeah, his return was really good. And his, his, his nature as like a sensitive giant, because he's Colossus, yeah. but he's a poet. I do like him being a painter. And, and, yeah, yeah. He, he sits there what, like painting the landscape. It'd be nice if they could get really him like nice. into a show at one point, or have him as art exhibited somewhere. Like, it'd be nice if he could have, like evolve with that too, but whatever, yeah. I feel like Colossus is very much one-note character. He's also lost as well. 
Yeah, now he... You're right. No, he actually has evolved into a monster now, hasn't he? Yeah. So that's a kind of a... a well, and they, a they're, 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 they're approaching that in Cable and X-Force, that okay. he doesn't know who he is anymore, and he's a monster. Yeah. Okay, that has potential, then. Yeah. yeah. Kill, he, of the weird, X-Men, he has killed angry. the most amount of people. He, well, he's killed his sister now. Yeah, he's killed... The, like, or the, whatever you want to call him now, but... Yeah. It's it's kind of crazy. Like I've always liked Colossus as well, sorry, but over in he's you know he's just lost his way. Yeah, and again, they, and they're but I think that's, he's where... one of the few X Men where I think he he could have a fascinating story with him losing his way. Yeah, but they just yeah. haven't done because much he's been, with that. He's been the simple Russian character with a heart of gold for way too long. He needs to be something. I mean, else. he's lost his way a few times before. Like the first time he killed, they, yeah, there was a lot of angst over that. A lot of angst, and, and, then, and, then, they, and then they cloned the uh, Riptide, and he's like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Plus, uh, <laughs> he, he the, I'm sorry. If you kill the original person and they better. clone them, it doesn't make your first murder invalid. <laughs> you gotta kill that guy too. Plus, uh, <laughs> plus the time he cheated on Kitty Pryde when he was in Secret Wars, that happened. Not such a nice guy. Sometimes. I didn't know that. Everyone's With not. Who? Everyone does. Uh, one of the alien chicks from that planet. Look up sexy pictures of Dazzler over there, Adam. I am. Yeah. Anyway, Dazzler. Anyway, actually, Dazzler. I had a question, a brief question. She's so much cooler than the regular. Exactly. That, my question was: Are there any other characters you could think of in, who are so much cooler in AOA than the regular versions? Sunfire. Sunfire, a hundred percent. Yeah, Sunfire almost made my list because of the AOA. Yeah. <laughs> that, that design, which they have unreal. brought into our universe now, because yeah. it's so cool. Yeah. And Dazzler, you know I mean? like it's, it's Dazzler's really cool so much cooler here than yep. she's ever been anywhere else. She's very deadly too. Like she's like like her lasers can pierce people's skulls with a single blast. Like she's really cool. Yeah, but she's always smoking. Yeah, she's always smoking. Take that sucker out though. Yeah, Jokasada. <laughs> yep. Anyone else is cooler? I mean, most of them are cooler. I Iceman, think obviously. Is Iceman is cooler. Gambit is cooler. Cyclops is yeah. Well, Cyclops looks cooler. Gambit's allowed to be more of a rogue. Gambit's kind yeah. of the same. Yeah, he's but, more or less the same, but he's allowed to be more Rogue him. is a problem, though, because she only looks cool when she's drawn by Madrera. Everyone else who draws her hair makes it look like a mullet. Mm. Yeah. Madrera has this kind of cool manga style that. to it. You know? I do like Storm's costume. I love anyway. Storm's costume anyway, yeah. Cause that, especially because I didn't like the, the, the gray, or I guess silver. Silver, yeah. It just I, was too I much. I still prefer her with a mohawk. Yeah. I think that's my favorite rendition. Wow. All right. That uh, was yeah. your last one on your list? No, I still have Phantom X. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll take two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Can you not get that cheat now, Adam? Uh, well, I guess that's my last one, right? Oh, okay. Uh, I think so, because I've... No, no, no. Because I talked about yeah. Joseph, we talked about Beast and Iceman, yeah. and Cyclops. Yeah, so Banshee, uh, well, one of my favorite versions of Banshee was the AOA of Banshee. He, that's a, in answer to your question, he's another character who's cooler in That being said, the I... The moral of this podcast is read AOA. Read, read <laughs> Age of Apocalypse. Now, I, what I liked here, it still is part of what I really like about the character in general, I think if I had to pick a particular story I like would be Amazing X-Men number four, where he dies in the AOA. However, it epitomizes what I liked about what that character brought to the X-Men. In that. Which is dying. No. When the old <laughs> X-Men were, were brought in, they were still relatively young characters, even though they weren't the kids that the original X-Men were. Mm-hmm. They were still young people. Like young adults, I guess. They were very young adults, and even Wolverine was originally, the way they wrote him was a, as a much younger character than he would end up becoming. He's actually like, you know, 80, I guess 80 or 100 years old when they first introduced him. But in reality, when Claremont was first writing him, he didn't have any of that kind of backstory plot, plotted out. So he was just a young kind of rebellious character but but banshee was this older guy who had been a criminal he had fought the original x-men he'd been a member of interpol he brought this like he, seniority he, i guess he brought the seniority team. and he brought this uh, maturity to the team that no one else had and the fact that he then like le- left the team had a relation a long-running relationship with Marvin mctaggart he eventually became more of a, a mentor uh to gen x generation x and also just the, before that the characters who were at Muir island like multiple man uh, and uh, Wolfsbane back at the time, and even Strong Guy and Forge, he was p- kind of part of this this group. But he was one of the kind of elder statesmen. 
And I was, that, that he brought a very different flavor than almost anyone else besides maybe Magneto in the more modern era, where this, this elder statesman character, who's still able to give advice and be part of the battle. They've got Dr. Nemesis, too, and they've got a yeah, bunch of characters now. They've got a bunch now kind of fill, fulfilling that void, but he was really the only one at the time. Besides, he was a contemporary of Xavier. He wasn't much many years younger. He was, you know, he was dating Xavier's ex. Like, mm-hmm. he was in the same age range, and it, it made him feel different as a character. And even in AOA, like, he, I like when he says boyo, it doesn't just feel like they're making him Irish to be Irish. Mm-hmm. It also feels like that's kind of how it's, he interacts with It's kind of like, this. almost when he says boyo like that, though, it's kind of like there's a little slant on it. Like, he's, he's saying it in a way that's almost, I don't know. Patronizing, in a way, but... Maybe. Or also... It's darker. Feel, or also paternal, I, I feel. Mm-hmm. I, to me, it always came off as a bit of a kind of paternal thing because he does have this generation gap over everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like in the original Phoenix, uh, Dark Phoenix saga, he's really awesome there. I, I did like him as a mentor to Generation X and seeing his interactions with Emma Frost and seeing how they were kind of... But especially in the movie. No, not <laughs> terrible made for TV movie. But who has the best mutton chops, Wolverine or Banshee? Banshee. 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 Yeah, you like yeah. the ginger mutton chops better? A little bit, yeah. I go with, Irish, I, I'm going to go uh, with Logan on that uh, one. My first X-Men action figure I ever got for Christmas one year was Banshee. Mm. Not a good action figure at all. They're all terrible. But no, he, day, yeah. but he was like the worst. Because he all he, has, he like, did was the oh yeah it was the whistle have on the they back. They made a Marvel legend of him. I don't know. Yes, they yes, did in yes. the Emma uh, Frost line, right? Hasbro did a line and it was yeah. terrible. Uh, no, my, one of my favorite things is when they brought him into the Heroclix game. Nate, you actually modded my my version of Banshee yes. into the X Men version. Yep. Because uh, they just put him in his original green and yellows. I made the gold and blue one for you, yeah. which was awesome. But I think my favorite costume is actually the one in Age of Apocalypse. Now, here's looking at this. I wish the audience could see it because in Age of Apocalypse, normally his cape is like connected between his wrists and his back. Yeah. But here they just have these like Mister Sinister kind of stripes. Yeah. There's no reason for no. them. They're not functional. They, but they look, look awesome. awesome when his arms are up. But like if you just walk around with all these kind of like ribbons coming off of your arms, we're like, what's going on there? Yeah, you did well, a little gymnastics. Uh, yeah, uh, Andy Cooper does an amazing job. Yes, he does at making at making this banshee. Like and his abyss looks great too. Yeah, and like I like how the, like the way he designs the costume, it evokes what you know of the classic, yes. but it's different. It's edgier. It is. It's edgier, <laughs> more extreme, more yeah, 90s. to the extreme almost. Uh, but very cool. And he dies at the end of the uh, Amazing Sp- Amazing X Men Four. I would but... agree that it's probably one of the more uh, interesting remakes of the costume because not all the characters' costumes are better. I don't think that Nightcrawler's costume is any better. No, it's not. Um, but I do like that he, you know, uh, is more aggressive. Sunfire, I would say for sure, oh, and Banshee. Sunfire, whoever designed, I guess it was. It maybe Joe Mad. Was it Joe Mad? That is a brilliant design. So good. There's a reason why everyone wants that to be. That, that's why yeah. they brought it into the regular Marvel universe because yeah. he didn't have a good design. That he had that classic red and white one, which is yeah. classic, not good. No. So that's... I'm still waiting. I'm so crossing my fingers that Wolverine the X Men, the upcoming uh, Heraclix set, mm-hmm. they will release a new Sunfire, and that he'll look like that. That'd be awesome. With some gold, with some clear plastic. I want one. If there, there is, a, yeah, you want the election toy they made of it, eh? Did they, oh yeah, but it was exclusive, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so there's no way getting my hands on that. Expensive. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's uh, that's that was number two on my list. What was that? Was a you know what I hate about Banshee? One. What do you hate about okay, Banshee? Yeah. His name. Why? Banshees are always women. Well, now his daughter is and uh, Siren also always women. <laughs> Terrible name for a man. Okay. Well, Everything else, Siren, Siren is now I Banshee. I you had a problem with his name yeah. being Sean. I'm like, what's wrong with that? No. Okay. I am he's sad. He's known to Gare. I'm still sad that he's dead, although I think that the way he died was pretty awesome because yeah. he went he out. He exploded. Well, he went out. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? Well, yes. But when I, mean, I die, that's how I'm going. <laughs> but he went out being a hero. Yeah. Yes, like, he did. He, he didn't think he could do it because he had been masked, like, uh, his throat slit during uh, the X-Core storyline. 
But I at least thought that I like that he jumped out, tried to save the day, and he failed. But I mean, that's that's what Banshee would do. He's a hero. Failed spectacular. Adam's just glad he didn't get killed off panel by Wolverine, <laughs> and then thought to be someone else. <laughs> Anyways, I'm done. Who's I'm this good. guy? Siren. <laughs> oh. Anyways, so, Phantom X. Phantom X. Phantom X. Yay. Now or never. Yay. As we as we wind up, yeah. Okay, you... I did not like Phantom X and New X Men. He no was one confusing. Did. <laughs> that is all of New X Men. Yeah, amongst other things. I believe but, Bachalo with Morrison was like bananas. I, I love Phantom X in in his current iteration. Well, with almost his, like, current. No, almost yeah, current. It's almost current. Uncanny X Force. As, as caught Zero... up as I am. Okay. <laughs> the first volume of Uncanny X Force. The first. The first four. Pre boob. Pre with boobs. Alex? His boobs now. Oh yeah, it's is Lady Phantom X. Just oh. going well. Uh, okay, well, you'll get there. Okay. Just she's so I talking know. about Volume One of Uncanny X Force. Has she read anything more than that? No. Volume One to Four. She's just finishing Dark Angel Saga. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And she haven't read Other World. Other World's coming up. No. Okay. And they, you've yeah, read you Other World, that. but you haven't read Final. Execution. I haven't started in Final Execution yet. No. Okay. Okay. So this is Phantom X in in Volume One to Four. Okay. Okay. I like his history. I think he's very interesting that he was raised in the world and that the French emulator in the world was off, so he has a weird French accent. I just think... I hate the world. Sorry. Yeah. You hate I the could, world? I couldn't, I couldn't keep yeah. it in. I love the world. The garbage. I'm okay with Weapon Plus. Morris Don't like the world. I like the more they try to use it as a, as a, as a sentinel factory. Okay. And cyborgs. I'll let, I'll let that a little it's bit. It's very, very high concept science fiction. So almost to the point of fantasy... Mm-hmm. Um, and I have no problem with things being really, really, really weird, but the more they kind of tone it back and just say, look, here's some crazy sentinel things we can do with this, fine. Because I want to see more sentinels. So the more cyborgs they can give me, the more sentinels they can give me, that's what I want to see. Okay. But I like the world. I like um, Eva. Is it Eva or regular e- Eve? Eva. Eva. Eva? Yeah, yeah. Eva. Yeah. yeah. I like his interactions wait, wait. with her. What is it really? His, his neural system, his yes. nervous system. It's, it's a nervous system that had, came out of his mouth when he was a, young, a kid and then evolved into... I, I don't into, like New X-Men, it's confusing. And how many hearts does he have? Any, he has like three, three, brains. three, three brains, brains and four yeah. hearts. Yeah. I feel like Morrison was like, you know what, Maggot was cool, but uh, this is... got nothing on this guy. More brains. Yeah. Instead of his, uh, just his intestinal system, but we'll I look at everything. But I think what Remender has made Phantom X into is far more interesting than but any of that. He's funny. Yeah, and he I really funny. like that he's... he's Genuinely funny as a character. Yeah. I know that like they're all sort of very witty and. <laughs> but that line you told me, like when you're re- re- uh, you're reading it, and you, it was um, an uncanny axe force, and he's like they're all gathered around for sandwiches. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, so this is what we do: like eat sandwiches and are and in a brew. world that hates and fears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, us? yeah like really good lines. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like. I, He's like walking onto the ship, and they're like, "Oh, we all really hate that Phantom X guy. We don't know if we can trust him." And he's saying this, and they're all just sort of looking at him. And the fact that he like manned up and shot Baby and Salvador—that was great. I'm like, I love that. That moment, I'm like, okay, I like this character. He is witty and sarcastic and fake French, which is just a neat. <laughs> Weird yeah. aspect of and his I, character. And he, even so, he still says to Gambit, like, my, even though my accent's a little off, it's still better, yeah, better than, than, than the, the, the mongrel accent you have. Like, he's still, like, this thinks he's better than everyone French, and you then, know? Like, but isn't Phantom X almost Gambit 2012? Like, Gambit 2000? In some ways, but I think that the comparison ends really in the French, isn't it? True, but then, well, some of the, 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 the witty banter and the kind of... Yeah. I but guess, yeah. Gambit, Gambit was never as, as funny. Gambit was always, like... When he, Gambit was introduced, he was very dark. Um, and he was always drawn darkly, even looking at the cover originally for him. And then there's this great scene in early Gambit comics, okay, X-Men comics, and he's like training in the, in the danger room, and he's like screwing around with it and things are really too dangerous. And at one point he like, 
his, his eyes flashed red, and the machine malfunctions, and there was like an early thing like to gain. Maybe but he has another yeah, power. Yeah, like the idea that he had a bad luck power. That was one of the ideas they mixed around with a little bit. He was very much a thief, and like he was trying to hit on all the women and sleep with all your wives. Um, you know, no one was safe from him. Like he was, he was a lot darker. Can do that. And, and no he, didn't, he didn't become like, I don't think yeah. he's ever become as, as, as quippy or as witty as, because Phantom X like loves high arts and high society yeah, and fine and wines. Yeah, that he likes all these, paintings. these very cultured yeah. things. He's very condescending to everyone, like and a Frenchman. Yeah, yeah. And why does he always wear his mask? And why is he Doesn't in his always. mask and in his underwear and this little apartment with a sea full of ladies having his weird little parties? No, he doesn't. He has a because conversation with his mom. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he has he, cheats with his mom. Remember that? And then his mom gets killed. Yeah, but so, I just think he's, he's why does he always wear his mask? I mean, how many other characters out there that always wear a costume? I don't know if my love of him will stand the test of time, but I really, really like him. I right like now. how Remender wrote him. I, I would never say I like him from New X Men. I was reading an interesting interview with Remender. I didn't realize that, like, I guess. When he took on the book, they had no, very low expectations for what it would do, and uh, <laughs> and he kind of thought that this would be the last of his mainstream work, and oh. that he would go oh. greater owned afterwards. Yeah, he thought that wow. he was doing he was going to be doing this in Venom, and he thought that neither would really hit, and that he probably this would be it for him uh, mainstream. And I didn't realize that he wrote the Bulletstorm video game. I didn't realize he wrote that story. It's supposed to be a very uh, smart script, and the, and like over the top. Now that I know it's him, it doesn't really surprise me because that kind of fits into hmm. his milieu. But it was just interesting that milieu, milieu. Sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not. I'm French. Not fa- What's the French word for honey? Miel. I thought I was trying to say honey for a second. <laughs> no, no. So it's just interesting that like he thought he, this would this would kind of be his last kind of swan song in mainstream books with the big companies, and then he writes Uncanny X Force, and it blew up at Marvel. And it's interesting that Marvel didn't expect it either, but then they sure as hell pumped it. Like they, well, they gave him a Pena, which is like to me, like that's kudos to you. They gave him a great illustrator, but they also started making the book come out more like so frequent. Like it double shipped a ton. Like wouldn't you say so, Paul? A little bit. Like it, it hasn't been around that long, but it's had thirty six issues. Yeah. I think it's only been around two. Yeah, and it half is years. quite quick. Yeah. Uh, that being said, like it's over now, Paul. What do you think of the ending? Like it, it involves Phantom X, and I can't really speak to. The Don't specific. spoil it for me. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm just what do you think? Good good dance around it. Is it? Is it? Is it, <laughs> uh, it? It was, I guess, a closure issue. The last one, I just, liked it. I guess to tie up some of, the, well, not really loose ends, but just kind of closure on what all the characters did and where they're going to go in the future. I did not. I had great issue with Deadpool. Really? Yeah, great issue with Deadpool. It, it, oh, you it, liked it, Deadpool? No, so. no. Oh, I did you not. Hate it. Oh, you I did hated not it. because it. It, it did not. Um, I'm reading it, and it didn't. It didn't make sense to me that Deadpool would be saying the things he was saying. I thought that was very off. You don't like the idea that Deadpool was kind of like the, the no. conscience of the team? No. Because he's been that before, and I kind of like it, because he's... No. The, like, most to, of the Deadpool the series was trying to, trying to make know. him have a conscience. That's fine. You have to read the scene and see it. It just seems really okay, out of place with anything I would ever point, see Deadpool doing. Up to the point of the end of Otherworld, I've liked... I really liked the portrayal of Deadpool. Especially... Yeah. Um, in Deathlock Nation. That's some of the best Deadpool I've seen in a long time. Yeah, 100%. No, he's been doing some really good stuff, but that last issue, just something was very off. I didn't like it. I love that his inner monologue switches in and from yeah. the bubbles. And, yeah. 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 You can't control it? Isn't <laughs> no, that loud? Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wait, that doesn't sound good. It's so that clever. doesn't sound good at all. Like, all his yeah. jokes are all just little puns, you know? And it's yeah. like, yeah. why not? I, I think it's so much better than trying to write these complicated, over-the-top jokes that um, yeah. they always try to give him. What did Even you that one cover when I was walking serious and he's kind of just... Frolicking down yeah, that's good yeah. Yeah. Or even when... How it, did you feel about the ending for for Phantom X, though? Like, what, what they did with him? I don't care. So they keep all? doing work up, I don't care about Okay, yeah, so to end this, I guess, Phantom X thing, or Amber can have last word. So, Pavel, you're saying Phantom X is a waste of space. Like, you don't even think Remender has redeemed him? No, I, I don't mind he what He doesn't like what done. happened at the end. Hold on. 
yeah, I will admit he did he did write him very well okay. for a character. I don't give a, a flying fadu about. I can enjoy him in this book. Okay, What's absolutely. A <laughs> you don't want to know. I, know. I would say he's more enjoyable certainly than yeah. Gambit is, and Gambit has yes, been for, G- for fifteen Gambit's years. Gambit's been shoved in a corner and forgotten. Gambit's a waste yeah, now. He absolutely. has not evolved since ninety four. I don't think it's Gambit's fault. I think it's the writers on Gambit yeah. haven't known what to do. Uh, with okay, it. I know. I'm saying yeah. well, everything's the writers. Fault. If you let Remender yeah, real, I know. <laughs> if you let Remender write Gambit. But I think he'd be I used to love yeah, Gambit, but now yeah, we, I think we all did. I think if it was 1994, I think all of us would be saying Gambit. Gambit, absolutely. Oh yeah, because yeah. he was the fan. I, I, I don't Gambit. think I know he'd be almost at the top of my list. Rogan Gambit were a thing for me. Yeah, they'd be yeah, high up in the more than Ross and Rachel. Absolutely. <laughs> so you love friends. I'm doing it a lot yeah, today. So yeah, Romero did an amazing job. Um, I, I don't care if the skinless man that anything to do with yeah, him. Yeah, I love that he carved. Oh, I'm not gonna say anything. Should write it. Yeah, uh, oh, disgusting. You'll like it because it's, it's hoary and groany, so it'll be up your alley. Speaking um, to Amber. Yes. And, I like that. Uh, and, yeah, so and to they, you, they with him at the very end. Okay. So I guess Remender shows that you can take a character that was pretty much hated and do stuff with. Everyone's shown that. Someone's going to appreciate A lot of people have done that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I personally, I liked how they ended with Phantom X. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about the boobs. And that, that See, aspect? Okay. And, and you don't really know, so... We'll... Are you getting too close? I'm not getting too close. How do you feel about the character? Don't do story stuff. I know. Well, character. I know, but yeah. I'm trying to talk Spoiler about the point. character but and how I feel about... But apparently boobs now. Okay, non-boobs, but non-other. Okay, Adam, don't do this. Yeah. Well, yeah. just this is a discussion of your I favorite characters. Do I you like Hold on. I like what happens with Fendelix and <laughs> in, in the closing moments of the issue. Good for you. you can't stop. <laughs> you don't even know what that means. I know. Just we're not doing plot stuff right now. We're talking characters. But it is character. You're forgetting. It's a character issue. Spoiler character. It's a character issue, and I like how he's personified. In the, I'm, I'm unclear what that means going forward, based on how it's written. But I like how he's written there. Whatever. Read the book. It's your show. I would love to read the book. Uh, you read it, so you must own a physical copy of it. So I'll, but let me borrow yours. I may have illegally downloaded this one. Great. Yeah. So now we can talk about what's what. <laughs> now the entry web knows. Yes. Yeah. I was reading the internet the other day. <laughs> Old people say that stuff like that. You know? Yeah, they do. I was looking at that internet. You read the whole internet? Dang. Um, so day. are we doing Rogue now? Rogue. Yeah. It's tough for me because my What level... number was it on your list, Paul? Uh, Rogue or Cyclops could have either taken number one, so it's kind of... Wow, yeah. really? Okay, because Rogue yeah. for me was number one for years and years, and then now she's barely five. I had to keep her on my list because I had loved her for so long, but she's another character that I feel has been mismanaged for 15 years. Current Rogue, brutal. Okay, Absolutely. so we're in agreement then. Absolutely, yes. Ever since except she lost the, her powers. Except yes. for the one panel by Koi Pell in like AVX, like what, issue eight or something, or nine, where she's like walking in that, that beautiful in that picture in the field. Gorgeous. She's so cute and gorgeous. she's so gorgeous and her character is so empty. And I'm just like, wouldn't it be great if the writing on her could be as good as this drawing? Yeah. Like I was taken back to 1992 for a moment and it was just like, my, my, yeah. it's like Rogue was such a big part of me growing up. They've they've ruined Rogue, yeah. um, unfortunately, and that's a real crying shame because I love Rogue, especially for the animated series. Voice actress is yeah, brilliant. it was it was spot on. I Ain't loved that how enough? I can't do it. <laughs> it's that got that throaty, almost gravelly kind of yeah. thing to it. And so, I, whenever I see her talking, she always has that voice. Yeah, exactly. So strong, so powerful. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and sexy, and sexy. Yeah, that's You know, I always go back to Extreme X Men. I absolutely adore. One thing of Claremont I actually adore is the first two uh, trades of yeah, that. Yeah, she was awesome. And she was absolutely awesome. I love the red and black costume. Um, I have the Marvel Legend figure of it. Yeah, the um, her cute little bull, yeah. tiny bone claws, tiny sunglasses, yeah. the, the little jacket. I could pass on the sunglasses, right. but yeah, that's fair enough. 
Why have you controlled the, the optic blast? She the, had yeah. all the powers at her disposal as she wanted it, right? And it was all looking so good in the book had a purpose. And then she had to get stabbed by Varric's sister. And then Claremont had to ruin her afterwards. And she had some cute moments with Gambit in that series. Yeah. And that was kind fun. of the last time they've had anything I've cared about. Exactly. And then she came back all of a sudden. And she was in the cafeteria, X-Men had just been relaunched, and she's with all the other people at Xavier Institute, and, and suddenly she's setting stuff on fire out of the blue, yeah. and what, you have Sunfire's powers? They screwed oh, around with Sunfire. there were some yeah, weird storyline. I did read that mini series. Didn't he have, like, his legs cut off? And yeah. She, yeah. And he's dying, and she, he's like, absorb me, I'm dying, and so she absorbs him, and then he dies, but then he gets resurrected by Apocalypse. Yeah. So... A big mess. And now she, I guess, can control her powers and, like, consume one at a time and fully use her some kind I of nonsense. I don't know like what she, I don't no one, no one knows what she does anymore. And that's what happens, I think, we can t- touch on so many X-Men characters and go, what do they actually do anymore? Yeah, They've that's played true. and prodded so many times, it's ridiculous. Wait, so Polaris is still Magneto's daughter? Yeah. She's <laughs> yeah. still, still Magneto's daughter. Like, she, she had crazy now? An, an, an yeah. yeah, is she crazy? She got a pop-ups in her head anymore? Like, not really. She went to space for a while. But like, <laughs> like Rogue, she's, like, in the background. Whenever anything happens, so these characters like Polaris or Rogue, uh, just looking at AVX, you're like, oh, is that Cannonball back there? He's just kind of around. Yeah. 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 Like, she was, it looked like you were going to give her a big role in Messiah Complex, and that kind of flared to the wayside, and she was putting her hope in Second Coming, and that was kind of just there. Yeah. So, like, where where's Rogue gone? Were we going to ask her? I, I know you don't like Age of X at all. No. But she was pretty awesome as Legacy, where she had all her fallen comrades, well, you're going to die, but I'm going to take your power and absorb it, and now she, she's building up this arsenal of different powers, and she's become the, the legacy of all these huh. people. Does she re- still retain memories as well? Uh, in that version, I think she did. Because if she does, then she really would become like a human vault or museum or... Like the Supreme or Intelligence dunk. kind of absorbing all the past Korea. If she kept doing that, she'd have all the knowledge of all the yeah. mutants yeah. that ever lived. Yeah, well, but at the same time, like it would be very interesting if they kind of did that with the fact that the race was in danger and people were going to be lost, be killed, be wiped off the planet, or the powers lost, she could be like the last vault of mutant powers and they could have just had everything stored up in her and then when M-Day, that resolution came at the end of AVX, they could have used her as a conduit to give back everyone their powers even. Like, there's only one person on this planet who has all these powers and she's been retaining them for years. And now that, like, I don't know, the Phoenix is back, she could, like, draw them out of them and, like, make blood fat again and give Jubilee her powers again. Like, who knows? Like, they could have actually made Rogue if they had Blob done that with her. Do you think Blob would be happy that day? Well, I was, it was really sad when they showed him with all this I loose know. skin at the end of M-Day. Um, there, there are a lot of things I think they well, could have done That's what happens if you're really, really fat and you lose that um, much weight. That yeah. let them play with that idea. In real life. Well, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> in The Biggest Loser, when they have to lose all the weight and you could just see it, like, hanging off them. That's what Blob would really look like. It's disgusting, but it's real. I mean, not real, but... Yeah, um, lots of wasted opportunities. <laughs> She's had more miniseries, almost, I think, than any X-Men. Besides Wolverine. Yeah. yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, her and Gambit. Constant rebooting and sort of starting her. Yeah, they don't know what to do. Because, I mean, Gambit was created at like the tail end of the 80s. I don't know what zeitgeist they were tapping into with him. Uh, but Rogue really wasn't a character that I liked until Sylvester started drawing her. And certainly not until Jim Lee gave her that golden green costume. Absolutely. So they kind of came from these creators, really. Essentially, at a certain time, it was just like golden age for, for X, uh, X-Men. And they were in the TV show. And they're on the billboards whenever they advertise, like... X-Men TV show come to come to Pizza Hut and get a free X-Men TV show tape remember that ad yeah. that Joe Mad drew in the, the double flow yeah, yeah Pizza Hut what I said 
I don't know if you actually I think said, I said it. Pizza Hut. I didn't, yeah. I, if not, then I'm saying it now. I thought you didn't even clarify. And I was like, I have to go to Pizza Hut to get this, and then like everything was Pizza Hut back then. That was the era that Heinz had X Men noodles. X Men noodles. Yeah. All this yeah. cross promotion. Yeah. So Rogue was everywhere. <laughs> I still remember like um, uh, Team NT two, the arcade game for NES, came with a coupon for ten dollars off at Pizza Hut. Like everything was all this cool cross promotion. So our our characters, our cartoon characters, were everywhere, but. I don't really know what they thought was going to happen to these characters. And a lot of people from the 70s who grew up in the 70s and love comics, I remember hearing all these interviews from them and going, like, I, I can't stand these new X-Men. When are they going to tell me stories with the Colossus again, with Kitty Pride and with Cyclops? What are these new characters? Like, what is one of these guys? What's his name? Like, Gambit or something? What is his deal? Like, I don't care. Like, they, a lot of people who were growing up and, and loved those comics then hate these 90s guys, and yeah. I think for good reason. We're them. And now, now we hate. But but they've been launched for so long. Even our generation is starting to write comics now. People in their like late twenties, early thirties, they don't really know. They don't know what's happened to Gamer fifteen years. Like if you got a job tomorrow, Adam, as a Marvel comics editor or writer, mm. is the first thing you think of? I got to reboot Gambit. No. What's your idea for him? What's your idea for? I have no ideas for Rogue. I love the character. I can't think of a single idea for Rogue to do with her. But why? See, they they screw themselves. Because they nerfed her so bad. Maybe. Right? But what benefit do they ever have? Let's take out Awesome Rogue is and take it all away from her. I know. The Carol Danvers powers should be still there. Yeah. Let's all say that for, for one. Yeah. yeah. But then in terms of what, what kind of arc you can give her or what kind of... You can't have her go after Gambit again. If you come up with a comic that says Gambit and Rogue together again, question mark, no one's going to buy it. But right. if you do it something new, maybe? I don't know. Which is I love Triangle. like, And they touched on it, I guess, with Carrie's Ryan X-Men Legacy. Her versus Magneto versus... Gambit, right? The little love triangle yeah. thing that happened, yeah. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Mike Carey did it again. Yeah. And so, okay, well, so now she's on Uncanny Avengers, right? Avengers there. Well, she's also been trying to mack on Magneto most recently, again. Yeah, yes. again, yeah. Is that still going on? Not anymore. Because he's an outlaw. He's it's, gone. It's over yeah. now. So with Marvel now, maybe yeah. with her on a prime book, you know what? position. That's actually a good point. Maybe it's time to, to bring her back somehow. Because if she's in the Avengers world, that does position her in a completely different place. Because yeah. I can see, like, because Carol is now back in a big way. And they probably want two heroes with very similar power types, I maybe. Suppose. Is that maybe the, the reason? That's not really stuff in the past, though. Yeah, I know. No. So. Let's put Thunderstrike and Thor on the team. No, they don't do that. So. <laughs> Well, well, Beta Ray Bill, but then there's also like War Machine and Iron Man. Yeah, so like we we can admit we miss '90s Rogue. We want her back. Yeah, but do we really? Maybe we should just go watch the cartoon a few more times. It's interesting that your 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 interpretation of Rogue really just starts with that era. Like, do you like any of the stuff that That preceded it? Happened with Rogue before that? Yeah, I I like when Sylvester was drawing. I like some of the stuff they're doing, like with the love triangle with Longshot. (laughs) Baby Star. Oh, when 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 um, age reduced storm. Yeah, age, age reduced storm was the one who brought Kate, uh, Gambit in. Yeah, oh, she brought Gambit in. Sorry. Rogue was um, Brotherhood of Mutants. Yeah. Um, who right. fall out, fell out from them and then came to Xavier's door asking for him, basically for him to save her, yeah. which he never did. No. Joseph got closer to saving her than anyone else. He was supposed to help her control yeah. her powers. And then rather than resolving that storyline in a satisfactory way, they just brought Chuck Austin in. And he's like, I'm going to change her powers now. Like, wait a minute. Like, when you, if you're going to just change her powers. Are you going to resolve this ever? And they just never, ever have. No. I, I, I like... Uh, I, as much, I think the problem with a lot of these characters and the, the fact that they don't know what to do is that the, they don't want to take chances. They want to play it safe. Absolutely. And Even her first name. That being said... What's her name? Marie? Is it? Mar- is it Anna Marie? Anna Marie? Or is it Marion? I don't... I don't Marion's from the Ultimate To me, universe. I prefer there was none. Anna Marie... No, this is the problem that happened with Wolverine. Wolverine yeah. was stagnated because they were keeping him so drenched in mystery. Because, like, people like mystery. People don't. People like satisfactory resolutions. 
they like to see that their expectations are met, or at least that something comes to a conclusion. Yeah. So, well, they do like the sense that there's more to this than that's the fine. But eventually, you have right. to but pay it off. But give us a name, and then let us because that whole what is it, X Men Forty Two, the classic one where they're embracing Rogue and Remy. Twenty-four. And is it twenty-four? Okay, switch the numbers. Dyslexia there. Um, and they're in the cab ride, and he goes like, you know, Rogue, I love you. I think we can make something out of our life. And she says, Remy, my name is. He goes, Hush now, girl. We don't need to know things like that. Shut up, Remy. Let us. She's gonna say it. At least let her tell us off camera. Like I've been waiting for all my preteen life and teen life to know what this is. Yeah. And they're about to give it to us. And then for years they give us nothing. And then they allude that her name might be Anna or maybe Marie or maybe Anna Marie. That's as far as we've come. There's no satisfactory resolution to the love, the love affair or the relationship ever. No satisfactory resolution to her past. We still don't know a lot about her family. No resolution to even her name. No resolution to her powers. Of course she's a nothing. Of course she's a vacant slate. They've yeah. given us nothing. They've given us nothing. She's been an X-Men long enough that one of my the things I really liked about her originally was the fact that she was a member of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Very she was, interesting, She yes. was a villain. Very cool. And the X-Men didn't like her. Like, yes, they hated her. She's the reason why they started that, uh, not started it, because she wasn't the first character to have it, but that classic cover trope of, you know, welcome to the X-Men, hope you survive yep. the experience. She's one of the first times they ever actually did that. Yeah, I have that issue. And there's a very good reason, because they hated her, because she's a villain. She shouldn't be on the team. I'm still looking for Avengers Annual 10? That's the Avengers one? Annual 10, yeah. Still want to get that's that her one. I'd like to find that out of comic But, so, like, and she's been here long enough that they've kind of gone away from her dealing with the guilt of that kind of experience. Oh, but, for sure. But it's too bad, and, and it's important because you do need to evolve the character, but that was something I really liked about the character because it, it, it made everything that she did have a, more of a resonance. You know what? I, agree, I completely agree with that. She's moved on from it, but that's not evolving her character. Rogue has forgotten more about herself and her past than she has gained. I would That's agree. why she's less of a character now than she was in 1981 well, when she was I think introduced. the problem with a, a lot of the X-Men in general is that they don't, they don't have lives outside of the X-Men. Some of them do, but a lot of them are X-Men. And, like, what does Rogue do when she's not saving the world? That's true, but that, but that used to be she enough. She puts on really tiny clothes for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> it goes cross-country. <laughs> yeah. But some of them have had jobs or, like, I mean, Scott doesn't, and Scott and Jean, but they were, like, personification of the dream. But you had, like, Warren had his company. And, and, Beast and, and had Bobby's stuff. an accountant. Bobby is an accountant, and there's other things he could do. Mm. Like, they had some other kind of life. But well, X-Men... Wolverine's very busy. But, but Rogue, in her very way, busy. Very busy. Rogue was, like, coming to therapy. She was, like, a drug addict. Yeah. She needed to get these powers, but she had these people's minds like her their memories in her head she was kind of going crazy she can't touch anyone like she she was messed up and once you resolve that that's fine but she did resolve it well they kind they of took it away they just, yeah, you're right. They just took it all away. So they they didn't, have. But they didn't give her anything else to replace it they, either. They, exactly. they thought they problem. were giving us something. They thought they were giving us Remy. They thought they said, like, this is her actual anchor. Yes, she needs help, but he represents a new family for her. She represents someone she can love and she can trust. That was what they started to do. But Rogan, like, the TV show, has more interactions with the X-Men, I feel. Like, she has these conversations with, with, with Jubilee sometimes, with Storm. Like, even that whole episode with Carol Danvers, where they go and see her, like... There's more explored about her, even in, in that short-lived TV series, than there has yeah. been in a character that's been around for like 30 years. And this is a huge concern, and this is a reason why they have her in the backdrop. Uh, and then they put her in AVX because if anyone they want someone to buy that book, they can solicit it and go, guys, if you like Rogue, she's going to appear on a page, and we'll lap it up. And I did. That being said, like there was some good stuff there. I mean, her fight, I, I still like, well, any issue where she fights Carol Danvers is still interesting to me. I'm done with that. They keep doing it. Every time they have her in anything. When Carol gets her own series, yeah, they fight. That's when the Rogue gets her own series, they fight. That's the thing. I, I look at it, and my, my my brain says, this is cool. And then I read it, and it's never as good as it was. Oh, is that because be. of the TV show? 
I'm thinking it might be a... Part of the TV show, part of the... I like the legacy of these two characters. So I see them on the cover together, and I'm like, this is going to be good, and then I read it, and I'm disappointed. But but they never... Like, no, those two characters, when they're not in the same room, never talk about each other. No, no. So that's not really part of the character either. I mean, again... I know, but you know what I'm saying? She's forgotten more than she ever has. Well, the same thing can be said of Carol, because Carol's... Forgotten a lot of stuff. She doesn't yeah, talk about I think the Captain same Marvel over binary years or everything else. Or like, becoming impregnated by uh, Scarlet Centurion's own baby yeah. who became Scarlet Centurion when it came out of her womb. Yeah. Yeah, that happened. Or even her alcoholism. Like everything yeah. is kinda of gone. The only thing yes. that we have yes. gotten a meaningful value to Miss Marvel is what happened in House of M. But even now, like they've just kind of because that what happened so in House of M in that Miss yeah. Marvel series, and was... the fact that she was trying to be everything that she was in this other universe yeah. in this dream, she was the greatest hero on Earth. That was a good, that was a good premise, and right? it was a great premise. What's she never... doing now? I haven't read. The... I'm gonna now she's Captain Marvel. She cut yeah. her hair. It's sexy, sexy little haircut. I like it. Oh, you don't like the short haircut at Paul? No, I think it's um, cute. Sixty long hair. I like. I hate short hair. They haven't done a lot I think with she pulls it. Pulls it off. They haven't no. done a lot with it because a lot of artists can't figure out how to draw it and. She looks boyish. That's true. Compared to some okay. of the artists, yeah, um, don't know how. And McGinnis, McGinnis, amazing. She should be. Sexy. You're okay with McGinnis? Yeah, that, I think uh, the only thing I really seen is McGinnis's portrayal, and I saw like a panel. It's almost slightly tomboyish, but with a little bit of a wink. Yeah, that's yeah, how it is. That's how I would say Ed McGinnis's version is. Seriously, well, what is this an actual pixie cut? Is it like a pixie cut? A pixie cut is like pixie hair. It's like spiky little. She doesn't have a pixie okay. cut. Because she's got like a little flare up top. Yeah. Yeah. She had a fairly masculine. I don't know where it was. I read an issue of something recently. Like she was in it very briefly. Uh, just in a room with a bunch of other of the maybe it was Cable and X Force and they were hunting for I don't remember but she was brutal it just wasn't trauma. Amber, you're being strangely quiet because I I know you like Rogue at least from the cartoon. I think Rogue is a great example of the problem of serialized fiction. Hmm. That I would there agree. was a time that I really liked her and I saw her like in these '90s comics and. She was in that Savage Land issue that I liked. And yeah, well, she yeah. Was, that's the very sexualized Rogue. Yeah. yeah, and she had that relationship in the cab ride with Gambit and this mm-hmm. relationship with Joseph, and she did all these things, and then they're like... She's very well, defined by men. Yeah, but we can't have this so, character maybe, yeah. constantly being angsty about not being able to touch people because people will get bored, mm-hmm. and you can't give her a resolution because you can't use her anymore. But and can't so, you? I, we, I guess the writers anyone, have decided they can't. You I can't guess give not. anyone no a solid resolution them. because if you do that, then either something has to go wrong again, but what's going to go wrong with her again? And it's just like, I really liked her when I was first reading, when I was young, and now she's just... For, this is the same problem I had, like the reverse problem was for so long Cyclops was nothing that I can't appreciate him now as much, and for so long she's she started off great and then became nothing for so long that now... Like, I loved her in the cartoon, I loved her in the 90s comics, but now she's just, like, and they had her even lead a team at one point. And Several it, times, actually. Yeah, a and couple it still times, was yeah. not Revelations, good. and then after, uh, or actually during they had that, 342, when they go into space, and it becomes like, it's called Rogue Squadron, they call it, it was the link to Star Wars, Rogue is leading them in Shi'ar space against the Phalanx. Yeah. Yeah. And years and, later, she, when Gambit led a team, and then Rogue led a team. Everybody led a team, yeah, Revelations. Yeah. And then near... Revolutions. Revolution. Revolution, yeah. But I think Gambit and Rogue are... The sad consequence of serialized fiction. Mm. Well, that I, they were great and they don't know what to do anymore and now they're... But did, did they not the, know what to do now or did the problem start in the 90s? I think this problem started in the 90s. When a, they, the same era I they agree. were great no, is I also think, the same era they that's got... That's right. I think well, the problem was Rogue was a good character. Then you intru- you introduced Gambit and everyone's like, ooh, this, there's just this... this yeah. spark between this them. sexy love and, affair. And that's when it, her, her character started becoming... And actually 
right before that she was with uh, Magneto, yeah. that's when the character lost traction because suddenly it became about the men she was with, I think. Because and then it became about Bobby because the love of the love triangle with Bobby after AOA and she yeah. wanted to find out the secret in Seattle. But I thought that was interesting. I thought that was very was soap interesting. Opera. But again, you were starting to do this cycle of, of men. Yeah, yeah Rogue's okay. whole whole plot became romantic. Hmm. It wasn't. And, a, you know, that, yeah. that's actually very true, isn't it? She was no longer. It was all about Rogue and Gambit. No you never talked about them her, separately. Her psychology. It was. It was always Rogue. It was about her Are we doing that now? Like this conversation, Paul and I said Rogue, and <laughs> yeah, and we've how talked soon, so much about how soon did Gambit come how out? Soon, I think yeah. I brought it up like almost instantly, didn't I? Yeah. Well, when you talk about X characters, I mean, it's hard. Gambit and Rogue and Cyclops and Phoenix are yeah. two of those. Yeah. They're intrinsic. And, and Wolverine and Jubilee. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, actually, and, and, and Rose in and the '90s, yes, and Jean and Peter. I mean, and... that's kind of why, like, when we got a and name more and all your wives. A few years, yeah, a few years <laughs> ago, we got the face and seal your wife. Yeah, a few years ago, when we got like a new hero figure of Gambit. It was Gambit and Rogue together on a base. We didn't uh, get so a new Gambit. Duo, yeah, we and got I, them duo. Like that's how we got them. Because I think the so, only satisfying resolution we could have had as readers, and to me as a reader, would be like they get married. Well, they were living in a house together and having a lot of sex when they uh, when she had no powers. Wasn't this yeah. like a sex cabin? She was all like, it was a sex cabin. Weird, yeah. Well, you'd yeah. have to if you had if you suddenly had no powers. You could never touch but, anyone. But, but you imagine what? what that would be like. You crazy. could never touch how, someone. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it was crazy how Claremont was able to make Rogue awesome and start her off in an amazing way in the series, and when it ended, she was. Brutally oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Her. He started. He made her awesome and killed her. Claremont is incredibly skilled. Did he also do that like to the whole series? Yeah, yes. yeah. Like yeah. it was a it trend to his it, career. Yes, but it started with <laughs> yes. yes, well said. Yeah, because it started with a clear, we're gonna to do life. this. We're gonna find yeah, his diaries. We have a clear mission he's statement. Here's what we're gonna do. And, and then they bring Igor Cordy in, and then just, yeah, it was okay. Igor Cordy. That guy kills books. But I mean, what Emma was saying was very interesting too. I've always wondered about that. This the physiological effect it would have on your mind to not be able to touch someone and then to feel touch. I kind of agree that it, I don't know how you want to go in that direction, but when she, when there becomes a moment when she can get touch, it's almost like she should be drinking it in. Like it's, she's so starved for that yeah. feeling, and she becomes like addicted to it. So I'm not saying she should become like an, an addict for touch, but like mm-hmm. having a sex cabin. Like I've never had sex before. No one's even been able to touch me since I kissed Cody, yeah. and now I'm with a man that I love and I have feelings for, and I can touch him all I want. Maybe she would have a sex cabin romp probably. for like It'd be a interesting few to see also like that's that logical. I feel like every couple of days she'd probably be like scared every time. Like each time, like what she'd if my like, powers come back? What yeah, if it comes back there were also that psychology of like almost like come abuse back. syndrome. Where I've been so I've been so harmed by this act. Yeah, like I can't see sex or physical intimacy as a good thing because I'm so associated with this negative thing. Almost like as she was abused as a child. Like all those those psychological yeah, things. Yeah, basically her powers abused her. Although yeah, and all those psychological things would be very interesting to to study from her from a story point of view. But they never really did that, did they? How's it going, Paul? Well, I haven't heard from you in a little while. He just two seconds just, ago. I know. Yeah. Where have you been? I wanted a little bit right. more from Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I think the I think the listeners want more of Paul. I know they do because we want more. We always want more of Paul. Well, hey, well I, I think he'll give us the goods when he's getting ready. No, I, I'm. I, we've covered. We're no, what was your favorite? I think it's a pretty good conversation. What on would Rogue. you say is your favorite Rogue yeah. story? We never actually got to that part. Rogue Squadron for me, three forty-two to three fifteen. Uh, uh, three forty-four. The actual in Phalanx. No, 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 no. I. It's to me. It starts when they go for Christmas shopping. Oh, and okay. Joseph kisses her on the forehead. So three forty-one. And then Cannonball gives the coup de gras to, to Gladiator all the way up to three fifty. Okay. Three forty-nine was really good. At the very that, end, where the they they we're we're left to infer that Rogue and Gambit are able to spend the night together because her powers are neutralized. I like the, what I really love about that is that it's, 
remarkably restrained for comedy. Especially this era. Yes. This 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 era is about sexualization. They don't have him pulling her clothes off. They don't even have the Marvel classic kiss where he's grabbing the back of her head and she's grabbing the back of his head and mushing him yeah, together. Yeah, it's nothing. <laughs> They're having this quiet like like embrace yeah. and that's all it is. Yeah, he's just holding her and cradling her. And it's just this tiny little image on the full page and it's just dark. And you know what? In my mind, if I choose to think that, I could think that all that they did was hold hands or he, they pulled off enough of their clothes so that they could just do an intimate hug. Like you can, they can, they could have spent the night. They could have slept together. You can do whatever you I think want. At that point, for that character, the way that Rogue was written, anything would have mattered. Yeah, like she was so burnt on her powers that I think that even if he had just held her face in his hand, she could have just like cried into his hand and like felt yeah. the touch. That would have been classic and that, Marvel. And that is, but it's very classy. It's very tender. Yeah. And so, in a way, I'm glad that they had. Like if they did that now, it would not have because the same even resonance. Like, even the next page of the next book of 350, yeah. they're not putting their belts on or something. It's not like this. And she's like haggard and stuff like that. She's <laughs> coming out, her makeup's running and stuff, and he's all grinning, and like walking out, strutting around. So None that's, of that. uh, that's what happens to women, eh? Well, sex and you're haggard and horrifying after. <laughs> well, when, like, they, good when, to know. when they usually write a one night stand. It's usually dr- uh, depicted in the benefit of the male and to the shame of the woman. Yeah. Now, if nothing else, this would have been her first time to our knowledge. So if nothing else, she probably would be in some pain. But they never do any of that. So maybe they just well, tell each other. super. Yeah, she has Carol Danvers powers. She has no powers, powers, though. She was at the <laughs> time. Oh, yeah, I guess she'd have to be Yeah, she, she was neutralized. Because of Nanny. Because yeah, of Good old Nanny. Can I one get Nanny. through a super hymen? It would have been neutralized. Neutralized time. Like, people always talk about Superman, like he's going to hurt Lois Lane. But he what would. about Wonder Woman? Can anyone get in there? <laughs> that is an excellent... Well, Superman could, you'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine uh, he could. Because in, in Superman's arms... You know what we're in, talking in, about here now, right? Yeah, yeah um, I know. It's just... It's just together, they would inter- I would imagine Wonder Woman and Superman would interact together like a normal uh, man and woman couple. would. Yeah. Um, so that the, the laws of physics, furniture. the laws of physics, yeah, the furniture's gonna get crushed. So they have to go to the Fortress of Solitude, <laughs> and then they have the you know the bare butt cheeks on the on the, on the crystals. <laughs> on the yeah. And like poor Jor rels like looking through the portal, like no, son. He's like this is buttocks what, on his face. Maybe he's like yes, son. <laughs> he's do like, it. What? Yes, so son. And then his his mom comes in the picture. She's like, what's going on? I'm like, oh my dear <laughs> son. Oh, come out, please. Have you no courtesy? No, no. It'd be like in Clone High when Abe's talking to his dad about like I don't know about having sex with Cleo, and he's like. So yeah, he's like you got to verb the adjective down. No, that relationship, that relationship in Glow and High is, I think, a little different than. And like he starts doing the actions, like that. Uh, that's yeah, what it'd be true. like. Jarrell, like, do this. Amber, that's what your mom would say. Do this for your species. <laughs> your mom would give you the actions. Yes. Do this for your people. Do this for all Kryptonians. One of my favorite se- sections of, of course, uh, dodgeball is when Rip Torn talks, t- teaches us how to hum. That's not how you hum. This is how you hum, and he's sitting in the wheelchair. <laughs> I love Rip Torn. Yes. So Anyways. that's that's is that what Jor-El's doing? Son, yeah. that's the high hump. That's yeah, the high hump. Yes, that's exactly what he's he doing. He has everything on those crystals to teach his son everything he needs to know. <laughs> Maybe it was on but there. But he didn't give him sex ed? Maybe not. It must have been on there. That's a little it's awkward. Terrifying. Uh you so you okay. You I, I think that this is the section of the podcast that most people will like anyway. Because <laughs> most people I mean, ever since Mall Rats, people have been really interested to know about the physics of superhero sex. True. Yep. That's what well, Frank Miller, as he talked about on the Daredevil DVD, he was all about he loves superhero sex yeah. and the idea of it. That's why he created Electro. Because it's just more intense. He because he's like, if Electro and Daredevil would have sex, it'd be amazing. <laughs> they'd be, they'd really be cutting on each other, <laughs> and he'd be billy clubbing her every once in a while. She's like, hit me again, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, when they fight, there he he imbues a certain sexuality. Can you imagine Daredevil? Like Daredevil would never be able to satisfy a woman. Whoa! Why? Whoa! He's extra sensitive. 
Okay. But he so can also detect him? everything about her that she's enjoying. Because he's great at that. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> he's touching her chest. He'll be able okay, to. Will he be able okay. to detect everything? She, can, no. can he detect how it's impacting her? Nerves? Well, he to, if you he can detect her breathing that? and like, I think she meant his sensitivity. His I, sensitivity. I know. Let Amber yeah. finish. Pretty, uh, he, he's lost his sight, but his other four senses yeah. are amplified. Yeah. So, so he might finish well before she does. How long is he gonna last? Okay, but yeah. then I mean, he could still be able to pleasure a he woman. Have very well, well, so. He just can't use a certain organ to do nope. so. <laughs> Billy Club. Billy Club. No, that's horrible. Yeah. Well, have you ever seen that's the cover? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see the cover curve and everything. Yeah. Hold on. Do you see the cover? Listen to two. You know. He in, knows how to control the cover it. of uh, <laughs> Ultimate, Ultimate Daredevil and Electro Number One. Yes. Has Daredevil standing there with his big red stick? That is a terrible cover. LaRocca. <laughs> LaRocca. Yeah. Well, he had big. And then she's like, "Can you bring the Billy Club that has the face of Bullseye next time?" And then it's all downhill from there. That's so wrong. Actually, that reminds me of something I'll briefly say and then we'll wrap up. Is in the Daredevil um, uh, End of Days, I believe it's called. Uh, it's this new miniseries by Brian Michael Bendis writing basically Daredevil's di- dead and it's a full York, uh, sorry, Ben York story. I'm you, York, I was on target yeah, there until you said Kind of saying like what happened in the last days of Daredevil and, and the idea is that I guess Bullseye killed him. And there's this this point where Bullseye's out of his mind, he's crazy, he, I guess he's killed Daredevil and he's snapped, so he like get, he gets a hooker and he dresses her up like Electra and he keeps saying like, you know, you're good but I'm magic, yeah. but then eventually like he points a gun and he basically ricochets a bullet into his own brain and kills himself. So messed up. Well, that's, that's so the thing good. that Frank Miller also has said about that relationship. When he kills her, and they do this in the movie too. Oh yeah, when he like kisses it, her. It's a sexualized kill. Yeah. Like Frank said, I did it in almost a sexualized way. And yeah, and he kisses her when he kills her. Like they that cu- whole they cut it out of the violence original. against women um, combined with like some weird fetishized sexuality is is an issue for is a problem for a lot of people. And mm. for people like to dress up in skin tight costumes and dress up like a devil and beat the crap out of people, they probably have some weird sexual fetishes. Let's just go there, okay? Yeah. And then side with that. Especially most top of- ten X Men characters. <laughs> five, top five. What is? Uh, uh, see, like Psy- Psylocke, you would imagine would be freaky deaky because of the way she dresses, but she's probably very boring in bed because she's British. She was probably the yeah because she's British. You know, probably the most interesting in bed. Who the most restrained? Who's the most restrained bridled X character? Probably Jean. Jean. Yeah. Jean's probably a maniac. Emma Frost she- is probably super. Yeah, because Jean could do things with your mind too. Yeah. So could Emma. Who's the most restrained male? Beast, Cyclops. In a lot Cyclops. Of ways. Oh, maybe. Uh, Cyclops and Jean. So Cyclops and Jean, huh? That's why. Cyclops that's why. Okay, they're just yeah. like the just power sexual couple. dynamos. Yep. And well, we cr- know Kitty phases through the floor. Yes. Yeah. And Colossus can be hard for hours. Top ten, top five X Men characters. This has been your podcast. Yeah. This has been Amber's fantastic. been your host. If you have any questions for our group about like dating, that should be the next podcast. Love X-Men talk. Tech. Oh my god. Dear uh, Super Shenanigans, I've yeah, seen this girl and uh, I have some questions about like this and that. Like, guys, do not send us conver- like email about this kind of stuff. I don't know, know if I got that email, I'd respond to it. <laughs> Would you? Thank you, uh, right. caller, thank, thank or writer. You. Thank you, writer. Um, I am not I'd be a happy therapist. To, I'd just be happy to get some fan mail. Yeah. So, not that we <laughs> haven't gotten... Adam wants fan mail. We've gotten a few, but you know, we, we always appreciate fan mail at the show. Alright, so thank you for joining us. This is episode 46 of Comic Shenanigans, top five favorite X-Men characters. I was joined by my co-hosts... Nathan Strzok. Amber Strzok. And Paul Scores. That's brilliantly creepy. A.K.A. Paul Scores. I hope that someone's listening to that and it sounds like they're just whisper- you're whispering in their ear. 
Just like the way that Nate we, wishes you, we you did more often. We do have to get you to have, on a podcast, Paul, talking about Deadpool at some point. Because yeah. I, th- I really thought we'd get it from you this time. See, I don't count He's Deadpool not an X-Men, X-Men character. character. I told you I did. I know. <laughs> but okay. he, he we'll do already, a Deadpool one. He'd already locked in. Yeah, we should talk about Deadpool. Well, yeah. How's that? Eventually, we're going to talk about X-Force, both incarnations. Well, both modern incarnations. Yeah, that'd be nice to do. Uh, not including the most current, the two most current, I guess, now. Because yeah. it's the new Uncanny X-Force. Yeah, finish up. And the new, anyway. So, X-Force and Uncanny X-Force. We'll just do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, because both, well, one of those, whatever, you guys suck. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for joining us. You can email me at uh, comicshenanigans at gmail.com, or you can direct questions to anyone on the panel, uh, your panel now. Uh, or you can like us on Facebook as well. Again, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye.